0: Joe Rogan
1: podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan experience.
0: Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day.
2: Are we on? Are we just on?
0: Are we on? Yeah, Yeah. all right, sweet. I I
2: don't know if we were talking on the podcast, just being dudes. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the beautiful thing about podcasts. It really is, yeah. It's kind of just hanging.
2: Yeah, Um, but yeah, I I smoked weed since I was like 17. and it was illegal. And you just you all these like formative years spending my life being afraid that a cop was gonna come and arrest me. And I've been arrested for smoking weed like ten times in New York City. Wow. Cause I'm an idiot, and I just you know, uh, right? I, and it's just a game of numbers. I would just we would roll a blunt in the park. You smoke it, and every time for some reason the cop would always take me. All my friends they'd go, you know what? You got to take one of you. And it was always and I'm the only brown kid in the group, so every oh. single time they were like, well, we're gonna take you. And then they oh. take you to Central Bookings for a day, and they would uh,
0: literally say, I have to take one of you. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And none of your friends. Hey, you got Lewis the last three times. So Not I'm gonna get in
2: once. There. Dave Smith. <laughs> I have been arrested. I was I was arrested three separate times, and Dave. Smith Watch me get put into the back of a car. And he was like, bye.
0: Oh, God. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I remember I went to Amsterdam when I was 22, and it was the first time I ever smoked legal weed. And I just, I was like, this is this is great. This is the way it should be. It was nuts. I was just like smoking in the street. I was talking to a cop. I was on mushrooms. I was like, this is so peaceful and nice. And then I came back, and I remember I was, I, I was in a stairwell Smoking a blunt like the day I got back and I was like this is fucking a wild thing and then here we are years later and New York City It's legal. There's literally uh, You could buy weed in just delis on every corner in New York City now. It's crazy.
0: Yeah I remember the switch in California because for a while I was medical So I used to have to go to a doctor and the doctor would go Oh, you need weed and then he writes some shit down on a piece of paper. Then you could buy weed Yeah, and I used to go to this place called the Inglewood Wellness Center, which was in Inglewood and it's you know shady area, and back then, I don't know if it was credit cards yet. I don't. I think they might have been able to use credit cards, but I know they also had a lot of cash on them, and they got robbed. And the guy that I used to buy weed from got shot. Oh shit! And I was like, all right, done, done with that spot. <laughs> Gonna have to find a new spot. But there wasn't that many spots. You would have to like find these places, and they looked like shut down stores. Like most of the places that were dispensaries, they were mm. like super low key. Like you had to know people. And you would go in there and, uh, you know, there'd be some fucking doctor. Like One time we went to this doctor and he had dreadlocks. And this dude's had like long dreads and he had a volcano bag, you know, in the volcano vaporizer bags. But it was like an extra long bag. And we walk into the dispensary and he's like... Man, you need medicine. <laughs> he just immediately goes, You need some medicine. I go, Yes, sir, I do. Thank you. I'm very sick. <laughs> yeah, I'm very sick. And he took us to the grow room. I don't know if you've ever been in a grow room when you're high. No. But they seem to be intelligent. There's an odd feeling that you get when you're high on marijuana and you walk into a grow room filled with like hundreds of plants. It was a big ass room with lights, you know, hydroponic lights, or whatever, hanging from the sky. And um, it just has a weird feel to it. Yeah. It has a weird feel like not a regular room. It doesn't feel like you're walking into a room. It feels like you're walking into a room with beings. Oh, really? Yeah, like they feel alive in a weird way. Yeah. And I, I, know I'm, I know I am know super high. I that's mean, the guy had a good weed that you have, I mean. Vaporized product, But it felt real. Because it didn't feel like that when I was in the other room. Right. When I was in the other room where they had just, like, couches and shit, you know, seemed normal. And then we he takes us back, and we go into this back room, and I'm like, whoa. Like, these things are conscious.
2: Well, they say that. Don't they say plants are conscious to yeah. a certain degree? If you, like, sing to them and talk to them, or if you yell at them, they don't grow, or. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They do, like, experiments with shit where, like. People are like nice to plants. I've seen it on like TikTok and like reels. I've never looked into that. Yeah, it has to be bullshit. There's no way if you're just nice to a plant, it grows better.
0: Why well, do you, what an unethical uh, experiment? Because then you'd have to be really mean to another yeah, plant. Is really, <laughs> great, really racist <laughs> to the plant? <laughs> you fucking ficus piece of shit. I fucking hate ficuses. I kill them every time I find them. Ooh. Not in my yard. And he's just stuck in the dirt in your house. Oh. If plants really are conscious and they're stuck in the dirt in people's houses and the people are doing math and shooting each other, these plants would be like, I got to get the fuck out of (laughs) here. How am I stuck in this house?
2: It's like that, uh, what's that Metallica video, one, where the guy's like just stuck in the bed and he could, but he's conscious and he could hear everything. It's it's from a famous movie, I think. I don't remember that. He's like, dude, you definitely remember this. It's such a famous video. It's the Metallica one video. It was Johnny get. Johnny, get your gun or something is the movie. And it was a guy, I guess he he was hurt in war, yeah. And he he was conscious and he could hear everything, but he couldn't communicate.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, it's uh, This is the life of a houseplant right here.
0: Dude, Metallica had some bangers. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, they know that they communicate with each other. That's what's really fascinating. They communicate with each other through the mycelium and the ground, so it's, yeah. it does say they grow, they grow better. Look, it says, for most plants playing ca- classical or jazz music cause growth to increase, while harsher metal music induce stress. Wow. This may be because the vibrations of metal music are too intense for plants and stimulate cells a little too much. We think of this as a mess- massaging your plant with a song. They prefer a gentler touch. But how do we know <laughs>
2: I how, want to know the boring bitch who wrote this article
0: <laughs> a gentler Touch how do we not know that it's not that at all? How do we not I mean that's a, an assumption that's like minimalizing their ability to recognize what's going on because right like put that up again Like how it's explained? Because the way it's explained it's like it's here. It says this may because the vibrations of metal music are too intense for plants and stimulate cells a little too much. Like, how do you know? How do you know the plant just doesn't th- think that music sucks? <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like yeah. you know when they were t- when they were torturing Noriega. Yeah, they would fucking just blare horrible music at yeah. him forever. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, they did that
2: with. Uh- it was the, the what was the big group that was like there was like a standoff and then they did it with Billy Ray Cyrus's song, Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> there was some Yeah, it was some like some like some dude who had like a bunch of people captive and they played Achy Breaky Heart to Oh
0: god to fuck with him, yeah. I do have to say though, I, that at least shows a sense of humor by yeah. the police. Yeah. I think that's pretty funny. That's fucking hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> play bad music and this till this dude fucking moves out of the house <laughs> with the hostages. <laughs> But I know they they did it with, I'm 99% sure they did it with Noriega. I forget what the songs were, though. See what they did with Manuel Noriega. Because I'm pretty sure they surrounded his house in Panama and just played horrible music. Yeah. Let's see. I Fought the Law. Oh, that's pretty good. The Clash? Shit. Panama by the Stadium. I guess
2: any song over and over and over again would drive you out of your mind.
0: They played Panama by Van Halen. U2's All I Want Is You. Bruce Cockburn if I had a rocket launcher and they just kept playing it over and over again Oh yeah, in the Howard Stern show, oh, Howard Stern show. <laughs> so at least they gave him some entertainment while he's yeah. contemplating death. Yeah, is he dead? Or ago. Yeah, did they kill him or did he uh, go to jail? Uh, That's that might be even more wild than when they killed him. Yeah, he- they take these dictators either. and they just stick them in a cell.
2: Bye-bye. Never hear of them again. Bye-bye. And then it stops being a news story and nobody yeah. cares.
0: Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye, Mr. Person Who Ran Country.
2: Have you ever been in uh, a jail cell, Joe? No. You've never been arrested for anything ever? Nope.
0: Never. Damn. Noriega's mugshot after his surrender to U.S. forces in 1990. Age 56. How many people had that guy killed?
2: you never even been in cuffs? No. Damn. I'm a good boy. You are a good boy. It, it's it's the worst. I could only imagine. I'm and always I,
0: very respectful to cops.
2: I'm super respectful to cops, too, because at that point, they're arresting me, and I want to get yeah. out of it. <laughs> I want to get off with a warning. I've never done anything real. Like I've never done a real crime. It's always right. for smoking weed
0: or— They said expunge all those. They did. They, they should, did. They always shiv with everybody with that. We should wake up as a country and realize those laws are immoral. They don't make any sense. I couldn't go to Canada what, for
2: for years. I couldn't go to Canada.
0: If we can drink, why can't we smoke? It yeah. makes zero sense. You guys are you're out of your minds. You don't smoke weed. You don't know what you're talking about. It's you, it's like that's part of the problem is that the people that are making these laws they don't have any experience with these drugs. Yeah, you know, I'm good. Good. There's like a certain. I think you should know what you're talking about and if we lie about it then people are gonna be more likely to to abuse it because they're not gonna think there's any problems yeah you got to be like fully straightforward with it it's probably one of the safest drugs you could use if you're not schizophrenic are they if you're not a person who has like that that fucking missing screw and then the weed takes you over the top (laughs) because there's a few of those guys
2: Yeah, I mean, I know some people that they're not good on it. I know I'm probably better as a human when I'm not smoking weed, just in terms of productivity, just in Mm. terms of, like, just being a little bit sharper, but I'm also miserable and depressed and fucking anxious, so it's like a a trade-off, you know?
0: I like the walk the dance. I like the walk the dance between high and sobriety. I like it. I like both of them. I think this idea... I mean, look, if you're a person who's an alcoholic, sobriety is your choice. That's the way to go for sure. And you don't need it. And look, you could you can get high doing yoga. You could, you could feel pretty good when you run. But if you can handle it and if it's for you, it provides you like a different window to the world. And I think it changes and shapes the way you think about things.
2: I agree with that, but I think that just the difference in thinking does that as well. So if I, I I smoke all day, every day, right? So if I stop smoking for like a week, it's like I'm seeing the world differently. Your brain gets to clear out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a different perspective. It's kind of good to do that. Um, Yeah, I just, and then the other thing, now that I'm getting older, I'm 41 now, I still don't, I mean, I could probably research this. Does weed just not cause cancer? <laughs> Does it not like <laughs> Nobody's talking about weed giving them fucking cancer I smoke a lot of fucking weed and I'm just in my head about it. I'm like dude I'm gonna get lung
0: cancer because I've been smoking blunts and weed for so long It doesn't seem to and I don't know why it wouldn't if cigarettes do no, Now there here's a question. Is there a difference between those natural cigarettes that people enjoy like those American spirits and no. like Marlboros,
2: dude, I don't think they're natural. American—that's just that's good branding because they even have Joe <laughs> Rogan going, dude. Those natural—they're si- not. Nat- it's the same it's, shit, no, but it's
0: that's the name of them,
2: isn't it? It's just American Spirit, dude. I think it's just some. Oh, we assume they're natural because American Indians make them. I think.
0: Is there a bunch of shit in there? Our research shows the majority of natural American Spirit smokers incorrectly believe that their <laughs> cigarettes are safer <laughs> than other cigarettes. The truth out there—they're just as dangerous as any other cigarette.
2: Yeah, dude. That's I always yeah, thought. Yeah, it's the cigarette. Like light cigarettes were safer, and they're not at all.
0: No, that's probably even worse. Like, what is in those? Okay, what are menthols? What's going on well, there? I don't even know what is going on. They're trying to outlaw that in California. Yeah, well, because, because did like, they outlaw? It? They, I think they did a lot
2: because they they say it's they're going after like any of the flavored tobacco shit. Um, like you can't get flavored blunt wraps in New York City anymore because the they're I guess the angle is they're saying that kids are more likely to buy flavored stuff. Um, which is just, you know, I think that's kind of stupid as well.
0: What about flavored liquor?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, H- you're not taking come, away anyone's liquor anymore. How
0: come you can still have flavored liquor? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like there's syrupy liquor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All the smoking laws are kind of good too, in a weird way though. All they do, they, I, cause I smoked cigarettes in New York when they started, they were just like, we're going to just charge you a fucking crazy amount for cigarettes. It went up, it went from like $3 a pack of cigarettes to like $15 a pack in like, a year and they just priced a lot of people out. I was just too broke to fucking spend $15 per pack of cigarettes. It was crazy. It was like wow. 75 cents per cigarette as like a broke young kid in New York city. It's just what's going to happen. So they, so they, they made it the, the, the age 21 and then they started charging a fucking arm and a leg for it. And just kids just couldn't afford them anymore. So I think a lot less kids are smoking today because of all that shit. Um, but Yeah, I mean, when I moved to New York City, you could still smoke inside of bars. And then they changed that like a year later. And I remember Mm. being like, no, this is crazy. Who cares about the employee's health? (laughs) I don't
0: give a fuck, dude. People did get upset that they couldn't smoke indoors. Yeah. I remember when you'd go to comedy clubs, they were filled with smoke. Every table had an ashtray. Yeah. They were filled with smoke. But you would hear stories about like waitresses that didn't even smoke and they would get cancer. Yeah. That's when it gets scary. It's like people that are forced to breathe that smoke all day and they don't even smoke. Yeah. That's fucked. That's an office hazard like or a job hazard. You can't force someone to work in those conditions. Yeah,
2: now as an adult. But when I'm a kid yeah. where I just want to smoke a cigarette in the back of a bar, it's like yeah. you're not. Um, but now we all smoke weed in comedy clubs. That's a weird thing. It's, well, we just started smoking weed like, I don't know, like eight years ago in comedy clubs and nobody said anything. It was never legal. <laughs> We just decided we were going to do it. It was because Chappelle was smoking cigarettes and then somebody was like, no, dude, we can smoke. It's part of the act, right? And nobody said anything,
0: but nobody's been yeah, busted. There's definitely way more acceptance of weed. People understand what it is now. And there's so many people that are like right wing people use weed. That's yeah. like, that, that's the big shift because it used to be that weed is just like for hippies and losers. But a lot of people that are in pain use it. A lot of people that get headaches use it. A lot of people that it helps them sleep. They like yeah. edibles. It helps them sleep. They like it. Yeah, that's the way All kinds to go. Of I gotta I gotta, switch to, I gotta yeah. switch to edibles. I gotta
2: switch to edibles because I think putting anything in your lungs over an extended amount of time, there's no fucking way it's good for
0: you. There's edibles no are way. totally different though, you know. It's a totally different drug. What do you mean? It's a totally different drug.
2: Like your body metabolizes yeah. it differently? Yeah,
0: it becomes um, five hydro eleven hydroxy metabolite, right? That's what it is it's uh it's processed by your liver and it's just a way more potent psychoactive. Oh, and that's probably not good for your liver. I don't know. I don't think it's bad for your liver. I I, I think especially if you're not like fucking blasting it every day. Uh, I've never heard that it's toxic.
2: There's got there's it can't all be good. Weed can't just be the perfect drug. There's <laughs> got to be something close. negative, right? I think it's negative for some. People. Anything in life that's good, there, you almost have to like pay for it in a way, right? So yeah. that's what I, I'm just trying to find the angle on why I should stop smoking weed because I, I I still haven't heard of anybody getting lung cancer. I'm not hearing about any negative effects. Everyone's just cool and high and it's cheap now.
0: Yeah, um, I haven't heard any good arguments. Yeah, but for some people, they don't. Pro- they're not productive when they're on it. They can't get anything done. They just want to veg out all day. Yeah. But I think it hits everybody. CBD? CBD may be harmful really? to your liver. But probably won't affect your kidneys or your heart. CBD may raise lever- levels of liver enzymes. This could indicate liver damage. In most cases, this happens with very high doses of CBD when it's taken with certain medications. or when- Or when it's taken with certain medications. This Maybe. is all like... This That's shit, crazy. I wonder what what how much CBD fucks you up.
2: The problem with medical shit like this is you never really know They have to give you like the whole spectrum and they're like, oh no, no this could happen just so you know right. But I, I feel like and it could be the anti-CBD lobbies who knows propaganda. Yeah, who knows who fucking knows anymore with these people <laughs> Um. But yeah, I mean I, CBD has always been I've always I've always used it I've always used it on like I have a knee injury right now. I use it on my it's knee fucking great. Yeah, it's really good. It's great when you got, like, aches and pains. How much CBD do you get from just smoking weed, though?
0: You probably get some, right? Probably
2: get a a decent amount, right? I think they make strains that are, like, higher with CBD or have more CBD than THC.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people who just smoke CBD joints Yeah, where it doesn't have any THC at all which is like what kind of franken yeah. medicine are you doing over there <laughs> man <laughs> those people yeah. I,
2: I would love to meet that person and try to sell them anything
0: bro they're making new life if plants really are intelligent and we're making like splicing them together and giving them superpowers <laughs> it's a fucking it's weird what botanists can do i was
2: in uh, costa rica a few weeks ago and like, I'm never, like, in nature like that. Like, and it's a really, dude, it's a really cool. Like, the, we were at a place called Manuel uh, Antonio Park. I don't know if you've been there before. And it's just, like, a huge, like, nature reserve. Massive, massive park. And one of the more interesting things were, like, the trees, right? And the, we had a tour guide, and I, I don't know shit about this, but there's certain trees that start attacking each other. And they like one tree would wrap around the other tree and kill that tree. And then the other tree was sort of growing specific roots that break that other tree. It was the coolest thing I'd ever... I was was also high. But it was the coolest (laughs) thing that I had ever fucking heard of. And I was like, there's so many, like... And they had, like, a a bazillion plants there. And, like, it's just such a a crazy, crazy world. That's some fucking real, like, alien life shit. When you move away from, like, animals and you start looking at, like, plants, there's a lot of crazy plants out there.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. Do you know that they splice different species of plants together i think it's avocados and pistachios i forget which one is the bottom and which one is the top this is counter to what i just pulled up about liver oh marijuana
1: may protect the liver from alcohol yeah, it says those liver enzymes mm. can protect against alcohol. Just two it's articles that drugs. disagree. <laughs>
0: Marijuana is the perfect it's drug. the same fucking internet giving us two different things. But that's like smoking it versus CBD. The the CBD thing is almost mostly edible. right? It oh,
1: said that they didn't know which strain they were using, so they didn't know exactly what part of the cannabinoids were protecting. So They need to do more research, but they did 320,000 people. Related. Yeah,
0: that's the thing that used to suck about those THC pills. Remember they had those THC pills? What the fuck was that called? Mm. There was like a synthetic marijuana that was invented. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that?
2: Like spice or some shit. (sighs) There was ones that you could buy in like delis back in the day that
0: was like, it looked like weed. No, no, no. Wasn't there like a... Pharmaceutical. It was like a real thing. Yeah. What was the purpose of that? Marinol. Marinol. That's right. It was a, a pharmaceutical version of cannabis. Is that what it was? It was in, I remember it, but I don't remember what it was. Do you remember this? No, I never heard of it. Yeah, there was like a, a weed pill. You guys were out
2: in California though. You guys got a lot of shit that we just didn't get.
0: But I, I don't even, okay. Cancer treatment. for Okay, it treats nausea and vomiting caused by cancer treatment. So instead of giving people actual marijuana, they gave them this Marinol shit. Hmm. And people were diagnosed with AIDS. The medication comes in capsule form. You could take by mouth as directed. The brand name of this medication is Marinol.
2: Yeah, that's what it was back in the day, right? It was for nausea. Yeah. That's why people would smoke weed. That was the only thing really, when they first started talking about medical marijuana, it was like for cancer patients, for nausea, would help you eat. Um, And then they started figuring out all the other shit that it's good for, CBD especially, right? Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, maybe that's why it doesn't cause cancer. Maybe it's fighting your cancer simultaneously while you're smoking it.
0: Well, there there has been, I don't know, but but you gotta wonder like what's causing cancer. Maybe it's just like decreasing inflammation in general, and that's probably what's protecting you from cancer. Maybe. Who one of my I'm fucking terrified. Cancer?
2: I'm terrified of cancer. It's terrifying.
0: Should be terrifying. Yeah. You should be terrified of all kinds of things like asteroids. Ice I'm not
2: not terrified of asteroids. I've never once thought about it. You always hear about them like oh they 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 miss the earth by like it's always like a hundred thousand miles. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem that close.
0: yeah, it's just a time thing, Lewis. It's just a time thing. what do you mean? It's just a time thing. we're gonna get hit yeah it's inevitable. It's happened thousands of times, probably while human beings have been alive.
2: look. Some if, of them are big. If an asteroid hits Mars and we hear about it, then I'm gonna go
0: all right fuck we're in trouble. Well they had a ha- and a big one hit Jupiter once. Oh really? yeah and they they really um, were surprised because the impact was like far larger than they thought it was going to be but it was an enormous one. And that's apparently that's what protects us. Jupiter' so massive that it mm. like sucks up most of the asteroids and comets. That's what allows us to not just be pelted all the time because there's just like hundreds of thousands of these near Earth objects that are just fucking. Joe, why are you trying around. to scare
2: the audience right now? I don't really know. What is, what is your angle I'm not here? trying these to these scare are anybody. This right is now. just
0: what I think about all the time. <laughs> the gas giant regularly absorbs hits from comets and asteroids, protecting their inner solar system worlds. Damn. Yeah, I think they have the photo of uh, it getting hit, but uh, it got hit by some just fucking dinosaur killer. Just yeah. some big one, just shot, boom. Yeah, something like that. I'm all, like, and that's a wrap. So that you could see it, you could you could actually see it get hit.
2: There's just no control with that. Like, if there's nothing that I can do. If we get hit by an asteroid one day, that's that. I'm not. You know, I can control not giving myself cancer by smoking blunts every day.
0: Mm. Or maybe that's what's making you not have cancer. Yeah. You know. Damn.
2: <laughs> maybe this is my Jupiter. That's, your, that's my ju- Jupiter saving
0: you. Yeah, that's your Jupiter. There we go. Yeah, just space in general. It's like the the most insane prospect ever. This infinite thing that we exist in, and there's rocks flying through it that occasionally slam into the planet and cause civilization to reset. That's is that
2: actually what happened with like Big Bang Theory, right? That's the idea. Is that that's what killed the dinosaurs?
0: Well, Big Bang Theory is the beginning of the universe. What killed the dinosaurs is one of these asteroids. I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. you're not. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't. I don't know you about don't any think of this about stuff. Asteroids I don't all think, time. About
2: I think about asteroids. I think about them all the
0: time. I think about them all the time because I've had these uh, experts on. They fucking permanently mind fucked me, yeah. especially Randall Carlson. He's this dude that, um, along with Graham Hancock, they've come up with this theory that uh, human beings got hit by asteroids somewhere around 11,000, 11,800 years ago. And civilization just reset. Mm. And we were basically like savages for thousands of years, which totally makes sense. And then the the civilization that emerged from that, like Babylon and Mesopotamia, the, the first civilizations we know of, like Sumer. Mm. those were probably a reboot like thousands of years of chaos before they figured out how to calm down and develop civilization again yeah
2: um I don't know about any of that shit, dude. How do you how do you talk to these people? You're a fucking comic. I, you, were you always this dude? You were like super interested in like everything because I I watch you interview people and you're really fucking good at like having these conversations with these people in all of these fields. And I'm going like, goddamn, dude. Like, how do you have the capacity to take that all in and fucking? Just well, be it's all, but
0: it's only things that I'm interested because in. no comic That's
2: that the... I know does that like literally no every other comic is a fucking idiot who's just smoking weed or yeah. drinking beer uh. and just trying to show up and get some pussy at the end of the night and I, I think look you know it's a compliment because it really is I think why you created something so big is you're so interested in so much stuff that I think it made like it gave you this like mass appeal but was it like always that way or was it doing the podcast that turned you into that?
0: Well, I've always been curious, but then doing the podcast allowed me to have all these conversations with people. It's like getting a an accidental education yeah <laughs> it's like about a, just a a broad range of subjects, yeah, but for me it's just it's just interesting like I like listening to people and talking to people and finding out how they tick yeah who was the most interesting person you had on the show ever man there's probably not one most interesting there's been a lot of them that are interesting yeah you know elon's pretty fucking interesting that's a that's a rare one-of-a-kind human being yeah you know <laughs> like they don't make many of those yeah he just said i'm gonna buy twitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's crazy and he overpaid for it by a lot yeah it's gangster as fuck man and but he really truly believed that we're in a very pivotal moment in our civilization when it comes to what is happening with like particularly with censorship, and um, when you when you have something that's essentially the town square for the world, which Twitter is, if you prevent people from other ideologies or other points of view or other political parties, if you prevent them from using this space and only people that agree with you can use that space, that's dangerous. And he recognized that and yeah. I think we all do that's oh. it's fucking dangerous. I know you think you're doing it Whoever's doing that because it's the right thing and we have to protect people from bad ideas, but that never ends well It just doesn't end well you you you're gonna give that control to someone next after you're gone Because that's gonna be like a, a thing we do now You're gonna give that control to new people and they're gonna turn it the other way they're going to use it on you. They're going to use it against causes that you believe in. We we were headed in before Elon bought Twitter.
2: We were headed in a really weird, it seemed like very dangerous direction for comedy for anybody who, you know, anybody who wasn't like super left wing liberal. If you were trying to create shit online, it was like it was scary. I was like, and, and I do, you know, we do Legion of Skanks, most offensive podcast on earth. We say a lot of fucked up shit, but I was like we are not gonna be able to even put shit on the internet anymore. Forget just like, you know, Twitter or anything else, like, I think they're going to scrub it all from the internet. And then Elon came in and he kind of made people go like, wait a minute, hold on. That was, we were getting crazy and people kind of paused. You see Shane has a special out on Netflix now. I feel like we've sort of calmed down a little bit. And that was a big part of it because it was like, well, no, we need to even the playing field a little bit. We need to hear all opinions and hear both sides. Um, So I was actually legitimately
0: worried. And now it seems like this is a little bit of a, a pause in that. It's definitely a change of course. The problem is all the other social media platforms are essentially run by people who think the same way. They have the same opinions on things. There's, there's no one social media platform that stands out that's like a huge place where other than Twitter now or X where you could just say whatever the fuck you want. Like people are saying Michelle Obama is a man. Like you you, you say, the Earth is flat. There's like plenty of people that are talking about the Earth being flat. Yeah, that's also fucking crazy. Say whatever the fuck you want, and there's a there's a there's only one platform like that. Yeah, Like like all the other ones, it's not like there's a bunch of those. It's like you can go and say whatever you want on Instagram. No, you can't. They'll put a fucking thing saying fact check or this is incorrect yeah. and misleading information. And, and even sometimes I've gone to some of those fact checks. I'm like, you didn't fact check this at all. Right. Like, this is just like not approved. This is a not approved message.
2: Yeah, I... Um that's why I try to disconnect from it as much as possible. I think everyone should. We, I, I think it's truly like the downfall of society is social media. I, I think it, it, it's, we're sharing ideas too quickly, too dangerously.
0: Um, I don't think it's that, but I think it's transforming society. I think we better catch the fuck up. We better catch up. Well,
2: we will. And uh, look, I think part of it is a lot of these, they don't really know how to handle it. It just moves too quickly. Right. Right? So I I think that um, we're going to look back at this time and we're going to go, oh, yeah, that was like a real, it was was just us getting a hold of the internet. The internet just fucking came out and then we got social media and it's just transformed everything. The whole world, we're all connected. I mean, dude, we're, uh, it's, the world is tiny now. Like, it doesn't even feel like, um, but I think we're going to look back and go like, yeah, we were like irresponsible with it. We were like trying to destroy each other. We were trying to hurt each other with it. It's like It became like warfare so quickly. Um, I, I put a, I tweeted out a joke the other day. Said dumb joke about Amber Heard. I don't, I, I don't have a dog in the race. I don't give a shit about Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. That whole thing, like, t- from my perspective, it looked like two crazy people abusing each other. Right? It's kind of hot, right? But th- th- who gives a? So the whole joke is that Amber Heard is so hot that I would let her shit in my bed. I would let her shit on my couch, on the kitchen counter. I, I, you know, right? dumb joke. Very mild, dude. All of these fucking chicks that are Amber Heard supporters are coming after me on Twitter. Still to this day, three days later. Non-stop, just kind of like, you don't know, Amber Heard, she was abused, you're, and I'm like, this is fucking psychotic, dude. Like, it is, th- they're digging up my old tweets, they're like looking up, anytime I've said anything questionable, and they're
0: reposing I'm like, idiot, I posted that, it's public. <laughs> <laughs> Are these real people, you think? Or, I don't know. Or is this like a, a media campaign company? I think it might
2: be a media campaign company because they all have like a a hashtag stand with Amber and their thing.
0: I didn't even post her name in it. I just posted the joke. I'm not accusing her of this, but, but you know, that is absolutely a real thing. Yeah. That is absolutely a real thing. There's a way that you can just, uh, like defend a person or attack a person with bots. I think, yeah, I think they're for sure using it. Look, we know the Russians are using it. We know that the, and they always find these troll farms like one of them. They found that 19 of all the top 20 Christian sites on Facebook were run by Russian troll farms
2: really <laughs> 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 When I found out that they were like uh, R- Russia like interfered with the ele- in the election like with like social media and shit. I was like, uh, that's kind of fucking awesome It's badass.
0: <laughs> I wonder they for- certainly tried and I'm sure we try with theirs. The question is like, was there like real interference? Well, because like, the thing was like, the Russia hacked our election. Like, I don't think that's true. That I think you can push
2: information. I think they, they. I know Trump and Biden both did this, right? They they both had massive social media teams. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. I know I know comedians who have massive social media teams. So I'm sure that they both had like the best of the best. And yeah, they both went in and manipulated algorithms and did whatever they had to do in order to get their message in front of the most people possible. And that's the game now. That's a big
0: part of it. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. But it's also, it's just like, this is not going to stop right here. This is what freaks me out. We, you know, this in, introduction to social media, like the whole country kind of freaking out, but it seems like more calm now. Right? Like, what's next? like what is the next thing well the next There's election gonna cycle some- is going to suck uh, i yeah. the election cycle
2: it just sucks for cuz you know what it is people on the left they start attacking like movies and comedy and music when they when they feel like they're under attack and when trump was in office the left was like dude we are under attack this is like we're losing the world so they had to just anything dude any any podcaster who who you know I mean, dude, it was, it was, nuts. it was articles being written about comedians like Shane and the Legionist gangs. It was really crazy. And it was just because Trump was in office and they just felt like they were at war and they had a win. They had to get yeah. their wins where they can get them. And right now when Biden is in office, people are really leaving comedians alone. And I'm telling you, I think they'd just go, all right, we, 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 have this win. We don't really need to go after comics. I
1: found this yesterday. I found it. It's kind of relevant. Uh, when Rockefeller Center was like empty in the thirties and forties, the British security coordination organization came in. It's part of the British Secret Service. And as it says here, that they used like that space was their head offices, the 35th and 36th floor of Rockefeller Center, where they disseminated and controlled part of the media for at least a year or two before World War II, it seems like. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Disseminated stories picked up by radio stations, played before the American public. Propaganda stories. Yeah, that was always the thing.
0: This they've always been fucking with us. Oh, I wanted to ask if this is true because someone was trying to convince me the other night That those stories of like bricks being mm-hmm. left off in neighborhoods mm-hmm. where protests has that been substantiated?
2: I lived in New York during that time during it was during the whole um, It was there was the BLM protests. Yeah, it was during the BLM BLM protests and Without a doubt there was just fucking huge piles of fucking bricks in multiple places in New York City. I saw it with my own eyes. Weird. Just, there was no construction happening. There would just be a fucking massive stack of heavy fucking cement bricks. Jesus. And it was out of nowhere. Somebody put them there. Uh,
0: as it relates, just side note. I remember one Is time that no, b- before the riots, had you ever noticed piles of bricks like construction sites? You just would see a construction there? site, and you would
2: see, sh- but they they always uh, with a construction site. And once again, I smoke a lot of weed in public, so we were always looking for like back alleys and shit to smoke weed in stairwells. I used to sell comedy club tickets on the street. That's how I got my start in, in comedy uh, in New York City all throughout you know the early two thousands. And um, you can't really get into construction sites. It's always chained off. They always have the the sites are pretty
0: controlled because people will steal shit. Right. Know? Of course, you wouldn't just leave your bricks out. Bricks are valuable. Yeah. Because then if someone's coming home, they go look. There's a fucking pallet of bricks. Here. Yeah, dude. Grab them. That was
2: definitely true. And I don't know. You know the conspiracy- so you saw
0: more than one of those bios? more than one
2: with my own eyes.
0: Wow. Because yeah. I was I was having this conversation. I was like, how is that? Was that real? Like, why did I hear? that some of that was bullshit. But a, well because the, but the I cons- didn't look into it. So the conspiracy so so was let's look that, into
2: it. sorry, the, the conspiracy was that um, like the police were leaving it out or right wingers were leaving it out so BLM, BLM protesters would use it and look worse. That was one of the theories.
0: Huh. Um was there another theory that they wanted to accelerate the possibility of chaos by giving people readily available weapons?
1: From- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the better theory. This would add to the conspiracy for sure.
0: NYPD commissioner says bricks are being placed and then transported to peaceful protests. What? And councilman also, councilman then calls them construction debris. What? I also saw a bunch
2: of BLM protests, and they were legitimately peaceful.
0: I'm sure. The ones
2: in New York City were like, it was, you know, they, they were just protesting, they were banging fucking yo, drums.
0: Yo, that's crazy. They just left bricks out there?
1: What is that? That's definitely different than all the other stuff we saw, where it was like a giant pallet. Yeah, they were.
0: Right, but this is plenty of, plenty sure, of sure, rocks sure. that someone just dropped off and left with the box tops open. Yeah. You remember people were putting
2: like rocks and milkshakes because the whole thing Construction
1: was. Construction th- debris.
0: Throw milkshakes at yeah. like people? At Nazis, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. This is insane.
2: But it's like, yeah, I mean, and, and I think the internet is a big part of the, the hysteria. People get worked up. People just didn't if you have to give a fuck, right? Before you had to get a book, or you had to go like really research some shit, right? You had yeah. to go out, if you cared about something, or you had to care. You had to really put in the the footwork and physically care. Now people can sort of pretend to care while they're just being addicted to the their phone, while they're right. being addicted to Twitter and all these other social media platforms, and they're being tricked into just you know looking at advertising, because that's what it's all about they get to also pretend that they care, they get to feel like they're doing something, and then it just starts to snowball, and then it turns into fucking like real chaos, and people at each other's throats about shit that people don't even really give a fuck about. If you go and to the supermarket, like, people are just cool. Like in real life, you yeah. go to the supermarket, nobody gives a fuck about who voted for who, nobody cares about you know what, what your political beliefs are. We just coexist and we do what we do in real life, and then we
0: jump on the internet and we just fucking, it's a war. Well, I think it's also got exacerbated during the pandemic, right, because everybody stayed Stayed in. They were at home. Their anxiety is high. They didn't know if they're going to be able to work again. Like, who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Yeah, people were freaked out, and yeah. then they got even like more freaked out on social media. And you're yeah. on it all day because you don't have a job. You're at home now, so that you're just kind of fucking weirding out yeah. in front of your Twitter all day. You know, like people have lost days and days of their lives just <laughs> staring at other people's opinions Dude, all day long. I,
2: I, I'd be embarrassed to tell you. My screen time number it 's embarrassing. do you know what yours is no i don 't know what it is dude it's fucking mine 's like nine hours a day wow it's bad that 's really, not good it 's really bad you can look I think you just type in screen time to the uh the search bar screen maybe not i don't know yeah it's like nine hours it's like eight or nine hours a day it's crazy
0: Whew it's wild. You got to think. Oh, I'm getting some things done. You pretend you're working. Yeah, but also I'm tuning into the world. I gotta, I gotta check in on the world. to yep. we'll see what's going on out there in the news. But really, just hitting that button. What yep. a weird addiction.
2: Yeah, that that was that documentary where they talked about like they designed it that way. When you refresh it, it does like a little physical like like little blip and you want to see it, you want to see like another interaction. And it's like, they they compared it to a slot machine, right? And you go, boop, did I get anything? Did I win? Did I win? Did I win? Oh, I got likes, I got replies, I got Mm. whatever.
0: And uh, yeah, it's super addictive. It's also kind of, in in some ways we're kind of, there's something dehumanizing about it because more and more people are just communicating through like text messages. And online social media and stuff, and not communicating that much in real life. Yeah, I think kids are sending each other text messages more than they're talking to each other. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. My son just got a phone for the first time. He's ten. Just got his uh, his
2: iPad for the first time. Um, I it was a, a conscious decision that me and his mother made. We said we're not going to have him be addicted to a screen. And staring at a screen all the time. You see kids in restaurants. As soon as they sit down, they give them a pad or a phone, and they are disconnected from the entire conversation. They're not having. They're not making eye contact. Right. I wanted to give my kid every chance possible in the world to be successful, and he's. I mean, he's such a bright kid. He he shakes people's hands. He looks them directly in the eyes. I mean, he's just such a, a, a little gentleman. He's he's the fucking best. And I think a big part of is is the fact that we just didn't enable him to do that, and we didn't allow him to do that. Um, but yeah, that's I'm I'm super fucking scared of my kid growing up. Also, I'm just scared of my kid finding all the shit that I've said online. I have to like fucking. I have to like, dude. I'm telling you right now. I think about that every day. I, every day, I'm like, dude, he's gonna fucking. He's because he's he's from this new generation. He's a good kid. He's a sweet kid, and he's obviously ten times more woke than I'm ever gonna be. Right. He's just it's just the generation. And I just I'm so afraid that he's just going to look up the shit that I say and out of context, just not really understand, you know, why we say stupid shit to make people laugh. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm, so I'm just secretly trying to make him racist. I I whisper things (laughs) in his ears at night when I put him to bed.
0: Could you imagine your kid doing stand up? Would you even
2: encourage it? I would not encourage it, but I would not discourage him from doing anything that he wanted to do, like literally anything. Right, um, and he has done stand up. Um, really? Yeah, because he, he. So we did the roast at Skankfest in Houston for me, and we, uh, me and my my uh, ex girlfriend, wrote him a few jokes, and he he did the jokes. Not at Skankfest, he did it like a video. Um, and then, so he was really into that. And then I was at the stand one night with um, just at the comics table. I brought him and Bonnie McFarlane was there with, you know, and she's got kids as well, Bonnie's awesome. I'm um, Rich Voss's wife. And um, he was like, oh, I, I wanna go on stage. I was like, James, you're not going on stage. If you wanna go on stage, I was like, I w- if you really wanna go on stage in a few years, I was like, you can write some jokes, take it seriously, go to an open mic, do it the way that a comic would do it, right? And he was like, okay, yeah, you're right, Dad. And then I went on stage and then two minutes later, Bonnie McFarlane comes in the room with him and she's like, here, put him on stage. And she shoved him up on stage and yeah, he started roasting me and talking shit about me and he, uh... did, he did well. <laughs> um, you know, he's a, he's a little performer, dude. He, he He's in, like, musical theater, and he's, oh, like, wow. super well-rounded kid. Yeah, he does jiu-jitsu now. He just won his first jiu-jitsu tournament, That's gold awesome. medal, first tournament. Congratulations.
0: That's awesome. The best Beautiful. thing I've
2: ever experienced as a father in my entire life was watching my son <laughs> win a jiu-jitsu tournament. <laughs> There's not, Dude, there's nothing fucking better. better. Better than the day he was born, by far. It was the fucking best, dude. That's amazing. He dominated another dude's cum. That yeah. was that. My cum went in there and dominated another dude's cum. I did that, really. That's my medal. I wear the medal around the house. Um, but it was really fucking... That was the That's coolest awesome. thing I've
0: ever experienced in my life. That's very cool. Yeah. Sounds like he's on a good path. That's awesome. Yeah, he is. Beautiful, man.
2: But yeah, I mean, I you know, fucking... I feel, I feel bad for like this next generation because I don't even think they realize that, you know, what's happening with that. It's just that, that addiction to your phone. I, I, well, that's really what I think is going to be is eventually we're going to, everyone's going to have this sort of opinion and attitude because people are starting to get wind of it, that it's bad to be, to be on your phone that much. Um, and I think just parents are going to just start saying like, yeah, no, you can't be on a fucking cell phone all day. You can't be. And I, and it, I think it comes down to us. I think we have to make a decision
0: to do that with our kids. Yeah, you got to teach them discipline for sure, but also rec- recognize that everyone is using these things and it's a part of civilization now. Yeah. I I really feel like if we could see the writing on the wall, we would be terrified. I, I think human beings are, are we're slipping into some weird place where we're for sure within the next few years going to be connected to computers. Oh, yeah. Uh, how we're going to do it, I don't know how they're going to do it whether it's something you wear or something that's in you. But it's coming, kids. And it's almost like all these things are falling in line at the same time. Like all these uh, endocrine disruptors and plastics that are fucking up people's reproductive systems. And then at the same time, we're all getting addicted to phones and not as personal. You know because people aren't really communicating hanging out just talking to each other without checking their phone every five It's gonna be
2: the future is gonna be us looking at each other and downloading each other's thoughts Oh fucking cuz you could airdrop pictures and shit now It's literally gonna be like yeah. here take this picture just with a fucking thought Yeah, That and it will 100% is gonna happen. They're, they're already they're already doing shit, right? They're already mm-hmm. making devices that can go in your body that connect to to other shit. I'm sure dude. I'm sure it's so much more advanced than we even know Think about, think about how much we don't know, right? There's gotta be some yeah. crazy shit going on out there for some sure. Really but unethical some, shit. Some <laughs> DARPA shit that's going on right now. Yeah, dude. Hey,
0: what is um what what was that thing? I want to see Elon they...
2: Musk basement. What
0: the experiments <laughs> that he has going on right now. It's probably 18 miles deep. <laughs> um what what is that uh thing they did where they uh where they recorded uh human thoughts like someone was watching something and they got a recording of that from something this person was wearing. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, bro. That is that is like just think. Morse code was not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. That was not that long ago. Yeah.
2: And it seems like technology will just move now with AI. It's just it's yeah. it's just moving faster and faster and faster. It's like it's really cool, but it's also the fucking story? terrifying. That's the shit that I'm terrified. Yes. Fuck asteroids, dude. This shit that
0: we're talking about right now is the shit that keeps me up at night. No, is this it? Scientists recorded a Pink Floyd song from patient's brainwaves. Yeah, this is it. The tech could eventually allow for communication without words. What? One hundred percent. If these eggheads keep going, we're fucked. Oh yeah, dude.
2: It's, <laughs> we're going to be doing crazy shit. That's the really like. And then you got to figure like it's going to be who's rich, who has the best you know computer built into their body, because mm. the same the same guy who can afford you know a fucking Lamborghini yeah. is going to have a super brain, you know, and his computer is going to be faster than your computer. He's going to be able to download and upload information faster than you. It's
0: kind of wild. Well, like na- you're going to have to be an early adopter, right? you would have to be like one of the people who gets the brain operation first. And then you'd be like way ahead of everybody. Yeah, but that first the one's going to fuck <laughs> it's gonna That first one's going to fuck work. up, dude. <laughs> and was the, the night before the operation, are you sure this is going to work, Harry? Yeah, Harry, look me in the eye. You're going to cut into my brain. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't want to hear <laughs> pretty sure, Harry.
2: Yeah, dude. Any Dude, it's fucking nuts. That's like Uh-oh. those people on that... Uh, that went on that um, you know the fucking submarine thing, yeah. The Titanic, dude. It's like, yeah, what a cool thing that must have been to like sign up for. You're like, dude, we're gonna go to see the Titanic, and
0: then. Ooh. That's fucking wild, dude. That could have been you, Joe. You could have been down on that mm-hmm. thing. No, not a fucking chance in hell. What, there was uh, one that, was uh. it
2: Mr. Beast? He said that they invited him to go do it.
0: I am not hopping in that fucking no. backyard smoker and dropping into the bottom of the ocean. Would you, would don't you go to space fuck out of here. right now in like one of no these charters? Fucking no? chance, son. You love space. Those things blow up. <laughs> you have to go real fast to go into space, kid. Yeah. Those things blow up. I'm not interested. Not until they get that shit down like an electric car. When they get a spaceship that mo- moves like a Tesla, just, yeah. Okay, I'm in.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: just not worth it. I get it. Look, starry nights are beautiful. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get you'd want to like go out, get real high, and come back down. I'm good. <laughs> you can fucking keep that. I trust that it's up there. Yeah. I don't have to jump at the top of a cliff. I'm good. I'll, yeah. s- I'll just sit down and look at it from here. Like even as f- high as we get, like what we're calling space, like look, we've made it into space. We're like fucking that far off the Earth's surface. Yeah, there's so much out there. Is that what, uh, is that what the those tours are? You just go into space for a, a second. Yeah, and... no, you just go like come back down. No, like you don't like go to space. No, space. I want to go land on the moon. I want to yeah. check out Mars. you're fucking... not going to Jupiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I could dodge some fucking asteroids. You know what I bet they will be able to do probably really soon is to give you a VR representation of what it would be like to travel through space. Oh, I bet it already exists. I, I,
2: I went, I had, um, yeah, there was a NASA thing that I had on my Oculus. Yeah,
0: that was a good. It
2: was super cool. I mean, it was like, it was just a movie, essentially. It wasn't like, I didn't get to like free oh, move, mm. but it was like I was on like um, like a space station type thing. So you were like mm. moving all over. It was really, really cool.
0: Is this it? No. What is this, Jamie?
1: Some sp- <clears throat> I just looked up space. Tripped out space. That's the first thing that popped up. Get the fuck out Joe, of here, Joe! You would go mad. That I'm look- This, this is-, is a space
0: elevator, and it's gonna fall. It's and a everyone. Balloon. Okay.
1: So you got a little bit of extra,
0: bro. I am not going in a fucking Look balloon. How comfortable it looks. What if it gets hit by an asteroid? This is, looks like your
2: <laughs> studio, Jeff. <laughs> oh
0: my god, it does. Podcast <laughs> in a balloon. No rockets. Oh. No G-force. No. Listen, you got it. That they have to do it a thousand times before I even think about doing it. A
2: six-hour journey.
0: Cocktails. Six-hour journey. See, that's space. crazy. If the if it's, bro, I am not going up there. Perfect place for podcast. Perfect place to fall to your death. <laughs> <laughs> Like how many, how many fucking fail safes? Do you do nothing I'm sure, like I da- say, dangerous? For the record, I'm sure it's safe. Yeah. It's do, you, do you do anything dangerous? Like uh... dollars. 125. Hundred twenty-five thousand. Oh, it, what? Refundable wow. deposit. 125 so a hundred twenty-five grand to go up in a balloon. Yeah. Well, I hope
2: it works. In six hours, I feel like that's kind of disappointing. I feel like space should be more than six hours away in
0: a balloon. I'm scared of anything that people are trying out, like flying cars. I'm like, just drive that for a while. You you drive it for a while. <laughs> yeah, <dude.
2: laughs>
0: I'll be over here. Dude, even
2: like this, just the self driving cars that fucking go, like you hear about once in a while. They'll just fucking go haywire. Like the, the, mistakes happen.
0: Yes, mistakes happen. And then you're
2: just in a car that you can't fucking stop, and yeah. it's like mowing people down. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I never.
0: I have a, a Tesla. I never put the self driving on. Yeah, I mean, I do sometimes when I'm on the highway just for goofies. Do do. Yeah, and it just drives itself, but I keep my hands on it. So it's it completely self drives. Yeah, completely wow. self drives, yeah, up I, to a point. But I don't let it. You know, it's just it's just to me, it's just like I'd, I'd rather just be really tuned into what I'm doing and paying attention. Yeah, my car because I fall asleep if I drive
2: for more than an hour and a half. I don't care what time of day it is. I start to doze off immediately. I get like um, really? road
0: hypnosis, they call it. Do you have sleep apnea? No, no. You no. sure? Yeah, I don't think so. Do you ever get a sleep study? No just guessing
2: yeah no no I don't snore though no I, do you have to do you have to snore to have sleep apnea I think so yeah yeah
0: I so think no. that's part of it's because you're choking mm. super common with guys especially yeah. guys that work out
2: yeah I don't yeah I don't snore at or all Or guys that are overweight Yeah. But yeah, no. I so I I on my car. I have an Audi, and it has like all the, the lane change or the lane correction shit. Mm-hmm. So if I start to doze off, it'll just automatically shift back into the lane. Jesus Christ! It automatically <laughs> keeps a certain distance between the car in front of me and the car behind me. It, like, oh is, wow! Yeah, um, and I've still been into five accidents since I started <laughs> driving again. After I moved, I moved out of New York City during the pandemic, 2020, and. I've been in five accidents with this car. My Jesus. insurance is $1,800 a month, Joe.
0: What the fuck,
2: dude? Yeah, it's wild.
0: Why are you so bad at driving?
2: Joe, I have- Is um, it your fault all, I get every road time? hypnosis and I fall asleep all the really? time. No, it ha- that hasn't oh been it. God. It's always, dude, I'm just a fucking pothead, dude. And I'll just back up and I'll just, there's a fucking car and I hit it. And it's never anything bad. It's always like, oh, like you know, like fender bumps. benders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I called up my insurance company. I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is, I was mad at them. And I was like, they were like, so you've been in five accidents. We shouldn't even be insuring you.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then that I changed insurance companies. And now it's like $1,200 a month
0: wow, bargain. for car insurance. Yeah. There might be a bargain. Maybe. Depends on your activity. Doggy. That's not good though, dude. Is it because you just didn't drive for a long time before yeah. you lived in New York and now yeah. you're back driving? I drove
2: when I was 16. I moved to New York when I was 19. Didn't drive for 20 oh, some odd years. Oh, that's what it is. And then I just came back and then I just I got a little bit too, like the, the, the all the bings and the dings when you're like backing up and you're almost hitting shit. It's great. But then I, I started depending on it like a little bit too much and I just stopped paying attention. Mm. And then, you know, my phone will ring, I'll look down and then here we are. I'm in a fender bender. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. I feel like I'm a good driver. No, I bet you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but every guy thinks he's good at whatever. I'm a fucking awesome driver, bro. Well, how do you define tennis? I'd be number
2: one. How do you find a good? How do you define a good driver? Right? Like fine if you take out my accidents I feel like I'm good at steering the car and turning it on
0: turns That's like if you're saying to your teacher if you take out all my F's I only got As. (laughs) (laughs) i I'm careless. I think I'm I think
2: I'm I'm a bad person, but I'm a good driver That's the problem
0: the careless part is a bad driver. Yeah, Like by definition, Joe, you're winning me over on this argument. You have to, on that one, you got to let it go. You know what, fine. It's like you can't be good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say right now, I'm a bad driver. (laughs) I've never said it publicly before. (laughs) I've never admitted that to anybody, but I will say it to you right now, Joe Rogan. I am a bad driver.
0: It's okay. Yeah. You can be good at other things. It's normal. (laughs) Especially taking that much time off, man. That's got to, that's a big readjustment as an adult. 20 years plus of not driving, and also you're driving. If you did road gigs, would you get rentals? say that again? If you did road gigs, did you get rental cars? Uh, Before, when I was living in the city? during the 20 years, yeah.
2: Noted. No, I I would do public transportation, Uber. I mean... Really? I'm also a bad Uber rider. Like, I'm bad... I have the worst... My Uber rating is, like, abysmal.
0: Why is it so bad?
2: Because I'm a dick to Uber drivers very often.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why, Lewis?
2: I'm going to tell you why. All right, so this is... it, It all came from New York City. When I was in New York City... I live my life, um, like I like to be, whatever it is dude, I like to be right on time. Like I showed up exactly at 12.30 today, on the dot. I like to just, I don't like being early, I don't like being late. But when you live your life that way, you're very often late, because things happen. One thing will go wrong. If the, the, the Uber driver made a wrong turn today, that's that, right? Um, so very often when I would get into Uber cars, I would uh, be running late for something already. And I'd be like really like anxious and just like, oh fuck, I gotta go, I gotta go, and then, they'd make a wrong turn, they wouldn't pay attention to the GPS. Like if an Uber driver doesn't pay attention to the GPS and they start doing their own thing, I would just be like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, come on, we, I, you gotta pay attention to the GPS. And then you're like, of course, uh, they're gonna give you a one star like immediately. Um, so yeah, it was it was that. But it was
0: just, I'm not like that much of a dick. I just feel like- People are very sensitive today. People are super sensitive today. And when people can complain that easily, yeah, with just a little touch of my button, That's ruin it. your rating, sir. Yeah, it's a bad Uber rating. Well, I've been denied rides. They don't know you, though. People who know you know you're a lovable guy. Mm -hmm. And but you know, on the surface, when you're yelling at someone about GPS, they (laughs) might think this guy (laughs) might be an asshole. I know. If they Uh, got to be your friend, they go, "No, he's a great guy." No, that's just Lewis. That's just Lou. He's a great guy. One of the things he does. But if you're like a sensitive person, who's also, if you're driving an Uber, there's always this fear of. Picking up a psycho, yeah. There's always this fear, like so. Even a little bit of an aggression towards an Uber driver, the Uber driver's like, "Where's this going?" Yeah, you know, like how many Uber drivers have been murdered?
2: <laughs> I'm sure a lot.
0: I don't know, but the probably less than
2: the cab drivers. Cab, if I oh, look, if gypsy I
0: was, cabs, dude. You, there's Bro, do you no, There's no paper in the trail. 90, there, in the 90s, there was a terrifying rash of murders in gypsy cabs. Mm. Where um, I was living in New York, I was living in New Rochelle. And uh, these gypsy cabs were getting, oh. I'm good. These gypsy cabs were getting uh, like heisted and the guy, they'd sh- just shoot them in the back of the head and steal all their money. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was really horrible stories about these like poor immigrants who came over here and they're driving these gypsy cabs and people are robbing them and shooting them. Yeah.
2: My uncle Howard, um, God rest his soul was a gypsy cab driver. And in the nineties he was hitting the back of the head with a hammer. Jesus Christ. The guy just fucking put a hammer into his skull. Didn't kill him. His, uh. Oh my God. It's a big guy, he was like 6'6", big fucking burly guy. And uh yeah, then they just stole his car. He rolled out, he was oh on the George God. Washington Bridge. God. with and a hammer in his head. Yeah, but you could feel the hole was still in his head, dude. They never like filled the hole. Oh Jesus Christ. I mean, dude, I don't know what type of doctor sh- <laughs> we were going to. I, they were supposed to fill that hole, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: But it was like an actual, like... Doctors back then. Yeah. I mean, if you got your knee operated on. I have a buddy of mine who was on the U.S. ski team, and he, got his, he, he has more operations than anyone I've ever met. Mm. And he had his knees fixed in the 80s when they used to open you up like a fish, and they would take a chunk of your hamstring and just screw it all in place there and try to fix your ACL, and yeah. maybe it'll stick, and maybe it won't. And your leg's compromised now cuz a chunk of your hamstring is missing it's, it was brutal shit man that sucks and both of his, he had both of his knees done like that yeah i got
2: to i got to get surgery on my right knee now i got to i got to uh, a knee scope on my
0: left knee when you say um, you, you got a knee scope so you're, you're um Ligaments were uh, intact, but your meniscus was torn. My, yeah, my meniscus was?
2: was torn. Yeah. So they came in and they like cleaned out like all the little loose pieces. Mm. And it's still kind of sore, Did to be they honest. with you trim
0: it, them. it's going to be sore. It's going be sore for a long time.
2: Yeah. No, it was, it was a while ago. And yeah, I haven't gone to jujitsu. I went back to jujitsu too quickly. I went three weeks after I got the meniscus surgery. Uh, you got to wait longer than yeah, that. Yeah, I so. went back and I was like, I was like, yeah, I can do it. I, I'm, you know. And then um, I was just walking out of the movies with my girl. We went to go see Cocaine Bear and we walked out and she said something and I looked at her and then I just literally twisted my ankle, Like my knee just jerked again and now it's in pain here. And this one, every time I step off my right foot, it clicks, Mm. every time. And I remember you hit me up and you're like, oh dude, reach out to the knee over toes guy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Joe, I don't have your life. I can't just reach out to knee over toes guy. (laughs) He's not gonna be like, oh dude, sure, yeah, let me fucking answer this guy's questions. I uh, So I watched like two of his videos. I started walking around backwards in like fucking the city. People are looking at me like I'm a lunatic. I'm like, I can't do this. I'd rather have bad knees than walk around backwards.
0: If you have a treadmill, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Did you try it on a treadmill?
2: I did at the gym. I couldn't get it to move. He said to do it without uh, mm-hmm. it being on. I think it was the, the treadmill wasn't designed to move. Oh, I see. Yeah. When it wasn't on. But yeah, I was, you know, I was doing a little, a little bit of backwards jogging. Um,
0: But yeah, dude, I haven't been able to go back to jiu since... Yeah, give it time. And um another thing that could help you is um if you've uh did you, did you ever get PRP in there or anything to help it heal? Oh, platelet replacement. Yeah. No. Platelet rich plasma, th- mm. that that can kind of help heal after injuries, help you heal. A lot of people like that for injuries. Yeah. Um uh maybe stem cells, maybe consider like going down to like that place in Tijuana. Yeah you know get get your knee like while it's recovering hit it with stem cells yeah. that'll help you too. I should. I, yeah. I I
2: should do all these things but I will probably just live my life in pain. Yeah, but it'll fix it. <laughs> it'll make it better man. It really will. I know. I got to I got to motivate, dude. Uh, I I am just always so busy that I never have time to take off to do shit. You I know what I'm it. saying? It's it's I really it. yeah, it's, it's tough, but I, and I miss jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is the fucking dude. It's so what a
0: badass fucking sport. It's so cool. It's very good for you. And, too. And it's I, good I, for your head. It was yeah, it was great, dude. Yeah, it's great for your head. Yeah, like the rest of the world seems like so like not fearsome anymore. You just spent the last hour and a half trying to get guys to not strangle you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Trying not to get your arm broken. Yeah. trying not to get your fucking but back snap sideways. Yeah, every day you
2: you walk into it and go like, oh, I'm going to find out what I'm made of today, yeah. and that's that's psychologically to go into and know like I'm going to be in a lot of pain today, yeah. and to face that it's similar to working out, but jujitsu is different because it's like it just felt so much more real, like actual live rolling and sparring. It's just it mm. was like it's real. It's like you're really trying to fucking.
0: Um, Eddie Bravo said it best. He said it's like you're playing a real-life video game. Yeah Because you're playing a real-life video game like you got a video fighting game, but you're playing it with your body Yeah, yeah,
2: it's uh, I miss it. I really do and it was something that I, I really connected with my son so we were like, you know neck and neck I, I, got, I got my blue belt finally and um, just like being able to actually know what I'm talking about with him, it's really cool, you know. And, and being, yeah. you know, he he, we trained him for this tournament. We he was in class three to four days a week, but then we have mats at home, and I was just working with him at home a couple of days a week, and it was just a cool way to bond with my kid on, yeah. on a on a different level, and that's why I really really miss it for the most part. Um,
0: well, it's not over, dude. Just be careful. No. Just be careful getting back. You can you could fix that.
2: Yeah. Well, and know. now and now I'm boxing, and now I feel like a fraud. Every time I box, I'm like, dude, I could just take you down and fucking choke you out. This is like... It makes you feel like a fraud? It feels silly. With, like, putting gloves on and boxing feels... You're it, thinking
0: about it wrong, man. You're learning a skill.
2: No, I know. It is I awesome. It is, it's, it it's still way. badass. Don't get me wrong. But I when I think about it as, like, a martial art, I go, right. this just doesn't... It just doesn't seem like the same type of superpower that jiu-jitsu felt
0: like. It's not, but if you don't have it, you're in real trouble Mm. because if someone has it and they're very fast, they can fuck you up before you can get close to grabbing them.
2: And if they're athletic, they can avoid Mm -hmm. being taken down. Mm -hmm. Like a takedown's not easy. That's like the hardest
0: part of jiu-jitsu. Bro, what if it's someone like (laughs) Terence Crawford who used to wrestle, Yeah, used to wrestle, knows how to wrestle, his kids can wrestle. And he knows how to box. Like are you sure you're gonna grab him and take him down? You're probably not gonna do jack shit. I watched he's gonna fuck you up standing.
2: There was a good video and it was like just a jujitsu coach and he brought in a professional boxer Mm -hmm. and that was the whole exercise. He had all of his jujitsu guys trying to take this guy down. The guy could only box and they could only try to take him down. And this guy was just really good and he his footwork was incredible and they just couldn't get close to him. He was yeah. just he was toying with him. And it was actually in a
0: ring or a cage.
2: No, this was just on mats like in a But there was walls. But
0: you, as long as there's some space.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah, it was uh, it was it was just it was a reminder. You're like, oh, no, no, it's not a foregone conclusion that a jujitsu guy is just going to go take a striker down and, and be yeah. able to choke him out. You got to get there, you know. Dude,
0: especially in this day and age, mm-hmm. how many kids grow up watching the UFC and start training at a really young age? Yeah. You never know who the fuck knows what. No. And if two guys decide to square off in some open field somewhere, like, you, you're you just t-
2: rolling the dice. There's some uh, there's some just great videos on the internet where you see people that know about fights and they break down street fights. Yeah. And they're always like, oh, you can just see, who, like, the stance of the guy who knows how to fight. And you're like, oh, no, no, this guy knows how to fight. This guy's about to get, before they even throw a punch, you're like, this guy's about to get fucking annihilated. Yeah. And, um yeah you'd never know, and that's why I became a pussy after I started training i literally dude i'm I'm afraid of everybody now because I know exactly how bad I am, I know exactly how slow I am, I know how old i am i'm like, oh dude, I am a fucking bitch, <laughs> and I'm way more able to protect myself and my family today than I was you know years ago, but when i was when I was a kid before I knew ever knew anything about fighting at all. I would have fought anybody in front of me. I thought I was a tough guy. I really did. And then once I started training, I was like, oh dude, I'm not tough. There's literally I'm the least tough person that I'm that's in this class right now.
0: Well, tough is one of those things that people like to think they are without any proof.
2: Mm. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's, it's just like a being s- a good driver.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's real similar. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to think they're tough.
2: That's a man thing. We we yeah. were raised to be And that's also, I think that's kind of prime. I don't think people lose that because my son is a nice kid, and his mom's like, you know, super fucking liberal and very much a feminist, right? And you know, we raise him, you know, very balanced. But he still wants to be tough. Mm. He still wants to be tough. He still like fucking just has a thing in him. Little boys, they wrestle and they roughhouse and they. And I don't think I think it's just a natural thing that we have in us. Um, as dudes and I think women naturally want to be pretty and they naturally want to have you know nice things yeah. and take care of things. I think these are natural things that we sort of beat out of our you know beat out of ourselves or beat out of our children.
0: Well some people definitely do and I think there's this phrase like toxic masculinity that's like the worst aspects of masculine behavior right mm. So people associate even masculinity with the word toxic sometimes. Just because together they're terrible. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's not, it's not praised, you know, but it's so normal as long as it's under control. And the best thing about jujitsu and martial arts in general is the people that are the practitioners of it. They're the, they're probably way less likely to get into street fights. They're probably way less likely to go and purposely hurt people. Yeah. They're probably way less likely to go and pick fights. And not a hundred percent, because you know you always get bad apples that yeah. just are badass dudes, you know, troubled people that just learn how to fight and then become scary. Yeah, that does happen too. Yeah,
2: it was War Machine. That guy, uh, mm-hmm. he, I mean, just mm-hmm. a fucking bad apple. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a crazy yeah. story. But yeah, you, you'll see. It's rare, it's rare though. I mean, all the people at my gym, it's most, it's a lot of cops. It's what's kind of funny. It's a lot of cops, and then there's a lot of fucking just like potheads, and they just come, they all just meet on the <laughs> mat,
0: dude, and everyone's cool. Yeah. Um, but I used I, to roll with this cop, and he was a good dude, he was funny as shit, but he said, I don't give a fuck if you've got a medical license. I'm busting you. <laughs> I, just, I was like, dude, what's wrong? You, you know I smoke weed. You know I'm a good guy. Like, why are you so... it goes, fucking, the law's the fucking wow, law, Wow, dude, man. he cared about the law. He was just like, I'm busting you. I, I wonder if, like, they have pressure to make a certain amount of arrests. For sure. How, oh yeah, is that, that's there's sad. quotas. Isn't that insane though? Because imagine if just culturally we all agreed to like one month of no crime and we like planned for it for a year yeah. and fucking, and there was no one speed, no one did anything. Yeah. Everyone stopped at every it's stop. like the light. opposite of the purge. What do, yeah, what did the <laughs> cops do? What do they do when they have these quotas? Do they, they just start firing cops? That's like, what a do they part do? Of,
2: is, dude, they, they have to give tickets. They, they have, have to. That's tickets. how they make fucking money. They yeah. ha, they. I get I get so many parking tickets too. I'm bad at parking. I'm not only am I bad at driving. <laughs> talking, I can't even park the car. All right. It's uh, I when I would get arrested in New York as a kid in my 20s, it was always on sweep nights. They would they would have two nights a week where they would take in everybody for any, like, infraction. So w- very often you just get a ticket and uh, to appear in court, and then they'd give you a fine, right, if it wasn't a sweet night. But if it was a sweet night and you get caught smoking weed, pissing in public, open container, they take you to central bookings. You have to spend, like, 24 to 48 hours in jail, see a judge. Um, and it was just this whole part of this process where they were just collecting cash. It is just collecting cash. That is what they're doing. Every, t- every person they're bringing in has to deal do- – has to deal with a fine, um, and that's that. It's just it's a racket. <sighs> that was the same thing with like uh, like stop and frisk. They 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 were just literally
0: writing tickets.
2: Writing tickets. Yeah. That's that.
0: Yeah, a friend of mine was a cop. Used to say it's glorified revenue collecting. Yep. Oh, well, that's yeah. what it is. And now right? they're
2: figuring out they can make more money off of weed by having it be legal than off of writing tickets. Simple yeah. As that. There's there's right. a tipping so point. So they
0: did fund the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just fucking wild dude it's so dumb all of it's so dumb yeah bro it's just such a weird time for people and thinking it's so it's so strange because there's so many different changes that are happening all at the same time they're all just kind of piling into each other in this weird chaos of of change yeah it's fast real fast it's fast and that's where it's like, you know, that the
2: speed, it's almost, you don't have time to, to be comfortable anymore. You know, things just change so fast. There's always something new happening. There's always something to give a fuck about. Every week, there's something new that we're supposed to care about. Yeah. It's like, at one point, you want to just sit at home and just fucking go like, all right, let me just like enjoy life.
0: At what point do you run out of room in your Twitter bio for flags? Yeah, I know. <laughs> when do we start getting involved with some other countries too? It's crazy. That was the best. Uh, I.
2: I, 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 mean, I don't even have this joke anymore, but I kind of was trying to talk about it in my act about how everyone cared about the Ukraine for like two weeks because then it became Gay Pride Month. And June hit, and then everyone just changed their flags to gay flags and yeah. <laughs> everyone stopped talking about the Ukraine.
0: They kind of stopped talking about Mau- Maui real quick.
2: Yeah. this is uh, the flavor of the week. It's whatever the new... People don't have the attention span to care about something
0: for more than a couple weeks. The, Maui's, the Maui one is wild. Because here's a question. How much would it cost to rebuild every home that was burned in the Maui fires? How many homes are burned? Let's find out.
2: Dude, I, I was on vacation I mean, when this all know, happened, I so I just missed they... the news cycle. So I'm one of these people, I just really don't know much about it. I know that Maui, a bunch of homes burned and uh, there's a lot of people that were displaced. A lot of people died too.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are missing. Jesus. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible, terrible, terrible story. Twenty two hundred buildings. Twenty two hundred buildings, about eighty six percent, which are residential, were destroyed. The cost to rebuild is estimated to be five point five two billion. Now, as a point of reference, one of the checks that they sent to Ukraine, they they had accidentally sent them six billion dollars more. Isn't that wasn't that the number? Accidentally, wow. Wasn't that what they said? There was like an accounting error.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that that's how it what it means.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's a little more complicated than that. But just as a point of reference, that would rebuild every house. Yeah. Just the accidental overpayment would rebuild every house, dude. But imagine that the government, with literally, they could just choose to do that, and everyone would get behind it, yeah. and they would rebuild every house,
2: and everyone would be like, "Cool." Finally, the government does something good.
0: But the problem is a lot of people are dead, man. A lot of people are dead. They don't even know the numbers yet. Yeah. It's, it's very, very, very spooky and very scary. What was it started imagine by? It was being, like uh... Uh, Power lines fell and hit grass and just can you imagine being trucks. It's horrifying, man. Just yeah. watching those people bobbing around in the water while every, everything around them is on fire. That's in great. fucking Maui, who would have ever predicted that? Yeah. That's never happened there. Yeah, that's it's wild, just, dude. It's, but you know, everybody's like, there's so many wild conspiracies, like fucking directed energy weapons were used. And there's this, all these like crazy conspiracies about people preparing for this fire in advance. Like, every time something like this happens, just the super sketchy conspiracy theories start flying yeah. around
2: people yeah. are bored they want something yeah. there's, there's got to be a story it's you know there's got to be a, a villain it can't be just some simple shit
0: well also a lot of times there's real villains out there yeah that's the other thing that sucks it's like the i know sometimes people are looking for villains that aren't there but that's because they've found a bunch it's like if you go right. mushroom hunting you know and you find some really good mushrooms you know you keep going mushroom hunting right. you, you know they're going they've found a lot of things that turn out to be real and you're like, what the fuck, man?
2: Yeah, dude. Every time, the problem with cons- conspiracy theorists are they believe all the conspiracies. So it's like, dude, if, if you just if you were like, hey, dude, I believe the earth is flat, and you know that's what I believe. But it's like they also believe that fucking dinosaurs aren't real. Yeah, it's like every, like dude, nuclear
0: bombs aren't real. Not
2: everything is a fucking <laughs> conspiracy, dude. Just pick one, and then maybe you can convince me of it. The earth is flat thing. I've never had anybody be able to even articulate it in a way where I understand why they think that.
0: It's not, you could watch one of those videos and you could be compelled if you don't have a good understanding of what's actually available in terms of like satellite technology Mm -hmm. and how they've been utilizing it forever and how you can take the images that are from Japanese satellites, American satellites, they show everything in the exact same place. There's no disparity in terms of like, wait a minute, they think Africa's shaped like this and wait a minute, where's the ice wall? there's, (laughs) There's no ice wall. Like yeah. Okay, it's like it looks like every other fucking planet we've ever found. It's round <laughs> The idea that this is the one that's not round. So it's a, it's in a lot of ways. It's a biblical thing Yeah, and I'm pretty sure in the beginning it started as a troll. I really think so right I think there's a lot of these 4chan guys the Amber <laughs> Heard
2: butt.
0: <laughs> fucking. These guys are amazing. I think these are real people that are just bored and yeah. they just they just come up with some shit and they 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 implement it for sure. I mean, these are the same guys that you remember when that dude, the the actor Shia, Shia LaBeouf, he uh, had this website about Trump, and is like he will not divide us. Yeah, and he he like had a flag that was streamed twenty four seven. Yeah, from his website, and these super nerds online, they figured out exactly where it is in the country by looking at the stars in the background
2: yeah that's right
0: and then like figuring out where the constellation would be where it and would then be they all
2: started if- showing up
0: yeah and so they started honking their <laughs> horns to hear if they heard themselves on the webcam yeah and then the guy finds the flag takes it down and looks at the camera and goes fuck shia labeouf <laughs> how do you not love that
2: that? how do you not love shia
0: LaBeouf probably loves that honestly it's objectively hilarious bro it's objectively hilarious yeah that's hilarious and the crazy thing is radio lab did a podcast on it and it was a really funny podcast it was really Mm. good radio lab's a great podcast by the way and uh they did this podcast on it and then they wound up taking the podcast down because people were offended that these people on 4chan Who are responsible for this? Like these people, they say horrible things online, and inappropriate things, and racist things, and they show violence. And you're, you know, you're supporting them. So they like.
2: Just as as a whole, for like anyone on 4chan is considered a racist or violent. That's the idea. I
0: don't think. I think there's just a lot of chaos on those places.
2: Yeah, when you're anonymous, you can uh you can, and it's funny. Like that's just the truth, right? right? Trolling is funny. There's a great episode of South Park where they get into it, and then the dad, Stan's dad, ends up being like a big internet troll. And he's just, you know, they're torturing some fucking female athlete, and they're trying to get her to kill herself. That's the angle. Of this Jesus fucking... <laughs> Christ. And there's a moment where, like, he's just so frustrated because people don't understand why he's trolling, and he's just like, it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> and as a comedian you have to lo- I get trolled fucking endlessly dude. Sure. I mean so much I really get it a lot online um, You know Legion of Skanks fan bases they, they we make fun of each other so much that that's almost the language that we speak So most of the time it's just fans most of right. the people that actually like me um, but when you remove yourself from it and they fucking get you with a good zinger, a good funny one, you have to just laugh sometimes. Yeah. I, I retweet it. I'll fucking, you know, it's it's part of their experience on the Internet is fucking saying mean things sometimes. Yeah. And th- what we have to pay for being able to legitimately live our dream, right, is sometimes people are going to say mean things about us. And if that's it, that's a fair trade. That's not a bad trade off at all, you know. Um you know, sometimes they get you with some, some, some real truth. <laughs> they hit you with some truth. You got to look in the mirror. But it also keeps you in check and makes sure that you're fucking, you're not really turning into a fucking Hollywood asshole. And that's, that could that's happen. the truth. That
0: could happen. It happens a lot, yeah. It does happen to a lot of people. And it's confusing when it happens to some. Because you're like, God damn, they got you, bro. Yeah. They got you? Like, you used to do that show and you're, okay. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of those guys. They just, They just want to be safe. They just want to be safe. They want to be comfortable. Want to keep that money flowing in. Yeah. And okay. That seems like a trap. Like it seems like you have to stay that person forever. And if you ever rethink your ideas, now you're in trouble because mm. now you're you're connected to a certain group of people that think a certain way. And everybody yep. sort of decides what everybody else thinks about Ukraine or trans kids or the climate, yeah, you know, electric vehicles.
2: I want know. to see people who also just like don't fall in line on one side like yes. everybody it's like every even like yes. covid was the craziest thing right watching that happen yeah. watching that become politicized i was like right. how is this possible it's yeah. I, I mean like it's just like at the very least whether you think it's like real or not it's not about like a political belief right if you if you if you were afraid of it or if you weren't afraid of it or if you believed in getting the vaccine or didn't it just became such a politicized thing and i was like you're a nazi if you didn't want to get a vaccine you're like how is that possible how did you
0: jump to nazi whether it's intentional or not it was like a, a PSYOP was run on America. Whether it's intentional or not. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you think it's intentional. If you're not, you think that the measures that they put in place led people to be isolated in extreme anxiety, which has kind of never really happened before, to collectively to mass groups of people. And then, and then they're on social media all the time, which is very disconnected from human interaction. And we get to watch them get more isolated from each other and more polarized and also more susceptible to propaganda. Because a lot of critical thinking people that in the past would have questioned pharmaceutical drug companies, all of a sudden, we're all on board. Crazy. All on Crazy. board. Crazy, who's on board with pharmaceutical cite, drug companies? They cite the data. <laughs> and like, why don't you
2: trust the science? That was the craziest shit ever, is just watching people, you're like, like, how are you not at least questioning yeah. it? We're, we have a brand new drug, we're putting into our body. How are you not saying, hey, you know what? At the very least, go. I wonder if that's going to be safe. I wonder if that has it's been tested. Both
0: enough. safe and effective.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: How are you gonna? How are you gonna? No, but it is both safe. And <laughs> of effective. course. Well, of course. You it know is. what else he said about? about? <laughs> AZT. Yeah. Back in the AIDS crisis, there's right. a video. See, you can find that video. Of Fauci talking about AZT being safe and effective. But what Was the story of the AZT was not? That's, that's the thing that killed everybody. Oh, really? Yeah. The oh, AZT was a is a chemotherapy medication that they stopped using for really? cancer patients. Yeah, it was, I was like, having a negative outcome on cancer patients. Like it was killing them quicker than that's cancer killed them. Wow. You, and they kept people on that.
2: Yeah. Dude, you know got to
0: read or listen. If you do you listen to audiobooks.
2: Yeah, I listen to audiobooks.
0: Listen to Robert uh, F Kennedy Jr.'s uh, The Real Anthony. Fauci. Does he
2: read it? Because I, uh, dude, no. Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> Are you fucking crazy?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: fuck this, ah! dude. I'll give you nightmares, dude. Uh, you know, uh, he believes that injury actually came from flu shots. Oh, uh, really? Because it's a throat injury? Some sort of, it's apparently whatever disease that he has is uh, also a side effect that some people get from some flu shots.
2: Wow. Well, now I feel bad. I thought he just had a shitty voice. Now Again, I feel bad I'm that I made doctor. fun of his...
0: Yeah, he's he suspects that that's where it came from because he used to get like yearly flu shots. Yeah,
2: Stevo, uh, his voice. Jeremiah Watkins just told me this on my podcast the other day. Stevo, his voice is like that from
0: Eating vomiting. Glass? Oh, no, vomiting. from vomiting
2: so much. From he would just at like oh, parties, like sense. you know, throw up. You know, goldfish and would puke on each other all the time, and it just burned his vocal cords. That's literally the nastiest.
0: Injury I've ever heard it's of so him in my entire life. He's such a sweet guy. He's the best. I always want him to stop hurting himself. Yeah. Whenever I'm around him, I'm like, stop hurting yourself. Yeah, he's he's literally
2: one of the sweetest, warmest yeah. people. There's Sometimes you meet, I, I don't like meeting famous people. It makes me uncomfortable <laughs> right. as fuck. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not built to hang out with famous people, right? Some people are. Shane Gillis loves meeting a fucking famous guy and fucking go you know, party with him for a weekend. I was like, that's right. crazy, dude. He's just partying with Nate Diaz this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? Nobody just meets him and, and goes off and does right, that. Right. Um, but, you know, fucking, uh, oh shit, I'm sorry, I'm high as fuck. What was I, who did I bring up?
0: Party and Oh with no, Stevo, yeah, Stevo.
2: Stevo, I mean, just one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever met yeah. when I first met him, just couldn't be any more, just like a normal dude.
0: Yeah, super nice, Yeah, him and his wife. They're just super cool, super yeah. nice people. They're just so kind. Easy going, sweet guy,
2: sweet guy, big comedy fan. Fun
0: dude, man, just fun dude, fun dude to be around. Always a sweetheart. It's nice when you meet people and they're you know they're super famous, but they're also like like post Malone. It's like genuinely friendly guy. Yeah, you had him on, right? Sweetheart of a guy. Had him on, and then we went and did Kill Tony together.
2: Yeah. Oh, I heard that episode. And oh Ma- Metzger was on it too, fun, right? so
0: fun, dude. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. <laughs> fucking David Lucas. David Lucas is so funny. He, said, he told Post Malone looks like an unemployed crocodile hunter. <laughs> 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 I was fucking crying. Oh, shit. Let me hear it. Is this it? I don't know. Let's hear it. I don't know it. either. Play it. Okay. Sir. Uh... yeah
2: save and effective yeah. baby
0: that's the drug that killed everybody yeah it's fucked yeah. up
2: i just know it from uh the play rent
0: yeah, yeah it's also dallas buyers club yeah
2: that you was know? the whole yeah he, that's what he was selling
0: yeah man that is a that's a real story
2: dude aids was something that i was that's the scariest part of. of
0: that book the scariest part of that book is the aids crisis stuff
2: yeah yeah dude aids was like my generation i mean you were already like you were already like Banging you're a little bit older than me. So like well uh,
0: when I was a kid. I remember when uh Magic Johnson got it. I was in my car on the on the road driving was it like 89 or something when you what year Was that 90? I think it was a little later than that was it, think it when was did maybe Magic Johnson 92? I want to say was it
2: mm, uh, Yeah, cuz I, I remember it well, and I, I was born so when I was seven I just wouldn't have been that connected with I was Dang. maybe like 10 or 11 when
0: 91. Okay, so I think I was still living in Boston at the time. And I remember, yeah, definitely. Because I remember driving down the road and I remember that feeling like, oh my God, everyone's gonna get AIDS. Yeah, That's what I thought. Everyone's gonna get AIDS. That's
2: it, if magic can get it.
0: And then I had to get insurance. I had to get health insurance, so I had to get a a blood test for AIDS. Oh, And I remember just panicking, panicking.
2: My first AIDS test, I fucking cried. (laughs) I had had sex with one person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was a guy with AIDS, but ah! <laughs> no, it was, I had my I lost my virginity to my girlfriend, and I got an AIDS. Test after that. I was like, that's it. This I I to this day, I, I have really bad anxiety about going to the doctor. Like I said, I'm I'm terrified I'm going to get cancer one day, and. Dude, I just AIDS was such a fucking thing that they were like, they were like, you're gonna, you're gonna probably get AIDS, kids. <laughs> in health God class, Christ. they would like come in and talk about it like, it's, yeah. it, you know,
0: terrified. Uh, People were terrified. Yeah, and everyone that, was terrified.
2: There was, um, you know, that that made for TV movie about, you know, the kid they became uh, that, that got uh Ryan White story. Yeah, too. the Ryan White story, and that was another thing. It was like, don't become blood brothers with your friends. Oh God, Which was Is that like, I how you got AIDS? No, no, no. um there was a scene in the the movie, which I don't know if maybe they dramatize it, but they go to become blood brothers, they all wanna do it, and right. he was responsible, and was like, no, I can't, I'll, I'll tell you guys why, I have AIDS, and oh. then they went back and told their parents, and the parents were like, get this fucking AIDS kid out of the school, Jesus <laughs> he's gonna fucking... Christ. <laughs> I don't know how much of that's actually oh true, but I, I believe that's what I remember from the made-for-TV movie. And it was like the that the story was that children, normal, just fucking regular children, could get AIDS. And I know it happened. He got it from a blood transfusion, I believe. Um, but yeah, dude, it was a real like just genuine fear that they put into us. That was genuinely just stupid. None of us were going to get AIDS unless you were using needles or having you know butt sex with. Do you remember dudes. the
0: wildest thing that people were doing? They were bug catchers.
2: Yeah, they were trying to get AIDS.
0: Dudes <laughs> dude, yeah. who were running around trying to get it.
2: Yeah, dude. What? That's some deviant shit, dude. That, well, <laughs> that's some fucking...
0: That's some deviant shit. That
2: is some dark shit. We're all on whatever spectrum of devious, you know, we, we're all on the spectrum to a certain degree. Whatever deviant shit you like, you like, you know, when you're in the bedroom, we all do our own shit and we all like our shit. And, you know, I, I understand that. Just from that perspective, right. that's just somebody who's like, I want to fucking live on the edge. Like I bet it's not they even like to they, get tied up, or maybe it's not even they want to get AIDS. I bet it's the fear of are they going to get AIDS? It's like, right? Like, I, th- like I like, like I like the fucking public sometimes, right? I don't want to be seen fucking in public. I like the fear that somebody right. might catch us, right? Right? right. Bad boy. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, my dick's getting hard right now, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about it. Let's go. Um, no, it, yeah, but I think that that is just like a, a just another level of fucking deviousness that they're like. That's a crazy wish to get a deadly
0: disease. Yeah, unless you don't believe in it. But I, I wonder how much of that <laughs> the Rolling was Stone's story.
2: I, story. B- there's probably very few people. It's probably like three
0: dudes. <laughs> Yeah, so that's probably tired, not but. super popular, but if if you get, get on social media and you're a bug chas- chaser, I bet you get a lot of hits.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. If, if you're, you're if catcher. you're a bug chaser, oh dude, <laughs> you, guys with AIDS like finally, <laughs> finally, I don't have to have this weird conversation. <laughs> that's fucking wild, dude. Imagine having AIDS. Oh my god, that would suck. Yeah. I just like mean, and they say, oh yeah, you can live with it forever. Now you just take. It's undetectable. Do you still have to tell everyone you have AIDS? That sucks.
0: Yeah, it's undetectable. Can you give it to people when it's undetectable? I don't
2: think so. I think if you're taking like PrEP and it's undetectable, if you're test, they'll test you for it and you can't transfer it.
0: That's what they say. Mm, that's what they say. That's it's what they not say. Comforting nope. for someone who might give you AIDS. <laughs> I had a guy on early, early in the podcast. Uh, his name's Dr. Peter Dewsberg, and he's a professor of biology from the University of California. A Duesberg. Yeah. Do you know who he is? No. <laughs> he believes that what was going on with their immune systems was mostly caused by partying. He he said, if you look at all these guys who are having this disease, these guys are all engaging in gr- group sex. They're all taking uh, methamphetamines. They're taking uh, amyl nitrate. Ecstasy. Poppers. Yep. They're doing all these wild uh, party drugs. These yeah. guys that specifically are getting like very sick are also doing these wild party drugs, and he's saying he thinks the wild party drugs is killing them. Right. And then introducing AZT kills them more. Right. And it's it's a it's a crazy uh, it's a crazy position to take because I think he lost his funding. This is also in the real Anthony Fauci book. He lost funding. He's a, he's a professor. He's a tenured professor, but he can't get funding for anything. Like everybody sort of shuns him. And he did like legitimate work in cancer. So he's, he's a legitimate biologist. Like for him to believe that so he believed that the reason why HIV existed in these people that had AIDS is that HIV is a weak drug, a weak virus rather. And it exists in a person who's got an immune compromised system and that a normal person would just fight it off. It's not mm. a strong virus, but what, but what you wouldn't even on, catch it. Or he was saying it was not a symptom. that having HIV. His his belief. I'm I'm fucking this up. I'm sure, but I think it was that having HIV didn't mean that that was what was giving you the compromised immune system. But the fact that your immune system was compromised was probably why you had HIV. Mm. And that even in babies that test HIV positive when they're young, a lot of times they're HIV negative later. Find out if that's true. But um, it, it's a, it was a weird conversation, because I'm like, how could this one guy be right? Yeah. How could this one guy be saying this? And I'm not really qualified to dispute it. You know, I don't know what the fuck is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to f- figure out which person's telling the truth. And when you, you talk to him, you're like, he's a very intelligent guy. What does it say here? If the virus did not infect the baby, the baby will eventually lose its mother's antibodies and test negative for HIV. A baby born to an HIV-positive mother will Whoa. thus always test positive for HIV, whether that newborn baby is truly sero-positive or not. So it says again: if the virus did not infect the baby, the baby will eventually lose its mother's antibodies and test negative for HIV. Huh? So it's HIV negative. It's antibody. So, it, so the baby that tests positive for HIV, then tests negative later. Yeah. That uh, I don't know if he's right. If he, it doesn't make sense that he's right, it, there's all these other virologists, all these other people that have different opinions. It doesn't. Well, totally I think make just sense. being healthy,
2: just in general. You know, my my assumption is that's why Magic Johnson. Everyone's like, oh, he, you know, obviously him having money for good drugs helps. He is a, a professional athlete. I'm assuming he just was super fucking healthy. He listened to his doctors. He wasn't out there and doing drugs and partying. How did he get it? Was it ever disclosed how he got HIV? I
1: don't know through heterosexual sex and you didn't know which partner.
0: Right. (laughs) You'd be the only guy ever. Like, what do you consider heterosexual sex? Like, what's normal? uh, Uh, You guys becoming blood brothers? Like, What are you doing doing out there, bro? What are you doing where you're the one guy who gets it from heterosexual sex?
2: I remember there was an episode of Penn and Teller's Bullshit, which was a great show on Showtime back in the day. Fucking great show. Like, way ahead of its time before, like, There was a lot of podcasts out there. Before there was like, it was just a fucking really good show. And they would just kind of dispel bullshit in each episode. And they talked about AIDS. And they just went over the numbers of how unlikely you were to get AIDS if you had sex, even with an HIV positive woman because of how much it exists, you know, um, You know, I guess within vaginal fluid. Um, and I was like, oh, really? The whole fucking time? <laughs> it was crazy. And then I remember I we, we ended up watching the movie Kids after that. You remember the movie Kids? Harmony Corinne yes. movie? Yes. Um, and the whole point of that movie is that fucking you know, the the girl gets AIDS and the, you know, she's trying to find the guy that gave her AIDS throughout the whole movie. The, they yeah. said normal normal sex, right? Yeah. So in my mind I'm going like, all right, the, the whole plot of the movie doesn't make fucking sense probably to begin with, but then the very last scene of the movie, the big the big ending is, spoiler alert, one of the other guys that is in the movie ends up date raping the girl with AIDS. She's like passed out on drugs on the couch and he's like- And then like, he gets AIDS. Well, yeah, So that, but that's the big like, dun dun, now he has AIDS. Right. You assume, but
0: after that I'm like, he probably didn't get AIDS. He probably <laughs> just got away with it. We thought you'd get AIDS if you just like kiss somebody back then. Everyone yeah, was
2: terrified. Dude, I made out with a girl from South Africa when I was like 20, and I remember, and she was white, and I was like, dude, Africa, they have like
0: huge AIDS.
2: So I, I remember being like, dude, this is it. I got AIDS. She, her teeth were probably bleeding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Africa AIDS thing is crazy. Like how did
2: There's how... certain countries where it's literally like a third of the population.
0: That have AIDS? Yeah. And in, in those countries, how many of them are in severe poverty? Oh, I'm assuming all of them. Right. So then they're also severely malnourished. That's always the case. Yeah. Like, I I wonder how many of those people they actually test for HIV. I wonder how many of those people they declare AIDS because their immune system is severely compromised. I wonder what the number is. Yeah. Because you got to imagine that a lot of those people that have, I mean, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. If you have like a serious, obvious culprit, like no food, tainted water, like the terrible living conditions, dirt floors, like that's going to fuck your immune system up, too. Like, yeah. Everything's going to fuck your immune system up, too. You're starving. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, diseases are fucking horrifying. It's just horrifying to think that there's a thing that could just take out giant swaths of the population. And they know we're horrified of it. Oh, yeah. That's, what's, that's what sucks now.
2: Yeah, they're kicking up some more dust about another COVID now. Yeah. There's certain well, things that have gotten closed down. What sucks is they
0: know, now they know we'll jump.
2: You think people will? I think a lot more people are going to be way less
0: willing to sit inside, not go to work. There's a cult that emerged, the Branch Covidians. Everybody knows it. there's there's a bunch of people that are out there that are in a fucking COVID cult whether they realize it or not it's a segment of it's not even necessarily left-wing there's some right-wing people that are part of this but these fucking people they they committed to it they got it they told other people to get it and because they did that they're never gonna see the light yeah they're just not going to and they're lining up to get boosted now (laughs) that's crazy it's it's wild
2: yeah I I didn't, dude. I didn't really live like the pandemic was happening. I still, I still did comedy. I was on flights where it was me and like three other people during it. I didn't. If I just, I just anywhere I could go. I went on vacation a few times. I went to Jamaica. I would just take a COVID test to fly. Then I had to take a COVID test to fly back. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want it to affect my family like that. That's why we moved out to Jersey, dude. Jersey. It was like night and day difference. And Jersey's a blue state, but like, I mean, not it. I just don't, I don't even think it is. I have no idea how it's a blue state because there's so many fucking American flags on like front lawns in New Jersey, everywhere, all over New Jersey. Well, it came that close to going
0: Republican. It was like down to the wire. Yeah.
2: I bet it's a close one. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just wanted to, you know, just fucking have some space. The city was so
0: locked down and so You just got to learn how to drive. Yeah.
2: It's almost <laughs> cheaper to just take Ubers now at this point.
0: Is it really? Yeah. Well, no. Oh, parking and everything. Yeah, with yeah.
2: parking, with insurance, with mm, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, especially your insurance. Yeah. Yeah, but if you want to do a road gig, Jersey always had great road gigs, fun road gigs. Yeah. There's always a lot of them. Yeah, Jersey's got a, a bunch of cool places. Yeah, there's always like when on when I was there in the '90s when I was coming up, it was there was always places you could headline these weird spots. Yeah. Down the shore,
2: because it, it was a, you know a branch of New York City. There's so many great comics right there that mm-hmm. rooms just start popping up all over the place.
0: Yeah, especially during the summer.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Down. Yeah. There's a there's a place. Uh, um, uh, Uncle Vinny's down the shore. Now that's it's a little fucking. I mean, dude, it's hilarious. It's a little shitty comedy, but it's awesome. uh, Dino's the fucking man. Shout out to Uncle Vinny's. Go support that place. But it's just like a little road spot. You go down the shore, you you try. He books me every fucking February. How about you book me in the summertime, dickhead, instead of February (laughs) when it sucks? Um, But yeah, there's a bunch of places that are just like that that are, um, you know, just easy to get to. And back in the day, like, you just wanted the work because spots in the city, when I started, were fucking 50 bucks on the weekends, 20 bucks on the weeknights. There was just no way to sustain you know, a living. You have to go take road gigs, 500 bucks, 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a, a little bit, I'm lucky because when I really started headlining, we already had the podcast. We already had a little bit of an audience. So I didn't have to do those like, really like shitty gigs where you got to go perform for people who don't know you, don't want to see you. Right. Um, which exists in like cities. When you go to like, a, you know, a city like you know, New York... Not for you, but like for most comics, like the audience is just there for the show that night. Right. They're not there for any particular comedian. Right. Um, and I think you get a real gauge as to what's good with those types
0: of audiences. You definitely do. Yeah. It's like y- you have a lot of different places where you could work in New York and in uh, and in Jersey and everywhere. Yeah. There's all these different, like having all those different looks, is very important. And those late night shows when everyone's tired, those are important too. You get to see the bullshit in your act. Yeah. You know, late night (sighs) crowds, 30 people there, and he... he, How do you do
2: that now? How do you see the bullshit in your act? Because you're so fucking famous, you have your own club, like, how, what do you, there's there's gotta be something, right? There's gotta be like, because they're gonna hang on every word you say, right? And they're gonna fuck, you're gonna, when's the last time you didn't crush, Joe?
0: You, You still are trying new shit you're still gonna fucking paint yourself into dark alleys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you try a new shit, you're gonna, you're gonna paint yourself into a dark alley. But you, your comfort level's different. So you, you're like, I'm better at getting out of those. Yeah. But if you're writing new stuff and you're fucking around with it on stage, which is really how you have to kind of do it. I always have like a general idea of what I think is funny about something. And then when I bring it on stage, I'm like, but what the fuck is... Wh- why are we doing it that way? And mm. then and then I can, like, sort of expand on it with all these points that I have. But I kind of piece it together on stage.
2: Yeah, you got to put it together on stage.
0: Sometimes it sucks.
2: Well, some some guys just write the jokes down, and then they go and tell them on stage like that. And, like, that's, a, that's crazy. I know comics that, like, just write, yep. and they write their stand-up in their cadence, mm-hmm. and then they go on stage and tell it. And I'm like, I... Every time I tell a joke, it it starts off with some dumb idea where I'm like, it's just a little kernel, like maybe one or two punchlines, and then I try to like build it out from there. Or maybe I have a couple jokes about a similar topic and you try to put it together and make it like a chunk. Um, but it always has to be worked out with like the reaction of the audience. And uh, that's why it's really important, you know, for them to be there. And those late night shows do, we used to do check spots in New York city. Have you ever done a check spot? Yes. It would drop fucking checks. On. I mean, you do it as a headliner, you know, most clubs, yeah. um, still have, you know, they still drop the checks on the headliners, which is a terrible way to do it. Well,
0: the check spot is someone who comes out specifically to do stand up while the checks are getting dropped. Yeah. So you get like, like 10 minutes set. Yeah, Those. like 10
2: minutes, and literally you're just, people are pissed off, they're they're paying way too much for drinks, <laughs> people are going to the bathroom for not paying attention, they're trying yeah. to get their waiter's attention, and uh, you have to dig yourself out of that hole. Wow. Dan Soder was the check spot guy at Stand Up New York when I met him, he was the guy, like every check spot on the weekends, and it fucking turned him into a killer, it turned mm. him into a real killer dude, it was such a tough spot. Um, but you, it made you really good at just being in that moment and you're just not nervous anymore because it's the shittiest spot possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those things are good to have for young, young comedians need that. They need need shitty rooms. They need reps. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fucking an important part of like having a lot of clubs around too. You got a lot of places to do stuff like that. Yeah.
2: Well, that's why Austin's great now for comedy is because you guys legitimately just, Created a scene like out of nowhere. It was I mean there was a scene here. There was actually a good comedy scene um, Before you guys before the creek, before these clubs actually started opening up um, But like now it's like legitimately like five or six real clubs and then there's like 15 or 20 rooms It's like New York was in the 90s. That's like a, a really good place to develop.
0: Yeah, it's fun And then there's cap city at the domain yeah. where a lot of guys are coming in and doing that for the weekends. Yeah I still haven't been have you been
2: no I do the Creek Um, I want to just see it. Yeah I've never been here it's cool.
0: I know that area. I was just in that area.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Austin's amazing It's just fucking hot as balls, dude. I don't understand how you guys do this (laughs) shit. It's fucking It's a hundred degrees every day and it's September. Yep. There's a, a I don't even somebody told me this the other day. It's a great death metal band name I don't know the band but the the band's name is Texas in July which is such a brutal fucking name for a band?
0: <laughs> that is a brutal name for a band. Yeah, like Scorpion Dick. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's hot as fuck here, but uh, I like it. Yeah, it doesn't bother me.
2: Well, if you're in shape, it's a bit like uh, if, when I when I'm in shape, I like it being a little hot. You get a little sweaty. You're like, oh, it's fucking great. It feels healthy, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you're fat, dude, it just sucks,
0: dick. That I, makes sense. You
2: see fat people here, like, what is wrong? You just move, leave
0: well they have so much insulation too if you're a really large person and you're just like thick with fat like fat in your arms fat everywhere that's like you and i wearing like large coats like thick heavy coats everywhere you go like that's got to be a lot of insulation yeah all that body fat and then you're out in the heat cooking like a brisket
2: Brutal, dude. I used to, I've uh, when my son's mother was pregnant. I weighed 320 pounds. Jesus. I got big. Jesus, uh, I, we just son. ate the whole fucking time. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And dude, being fat in New York City in the summertime is a nightmare. Wow. Walking up and down the subway stairs. I mean, it's just it's really. How did you pull yourself out of that? Uh, started an exercise. You know, I've done it before. I was I was 320 330 pounds in college. And then I started uh, just sort of working out when I was like 26, 27. I, uh, so when
0: you were really young, you did it. You 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 got that big.
2: Yeah, when I was 19, I was like 330.
0: How did you get that big at, ni- at 19? I started
2: smoking weed when I was like 17.
0: And Just eating
2: everything? Dude, it was, <laughs> <laughs> We just fucking. When you're broke, you you have ten dollars, right? Let's say you get together with four of your friends. We have ten dollars each. We come together with forty dollars, twenty dollars for a bag of weed, and twenty dollars to feed us. It's not like we got a pizza. We went and got like bags of chips and fucking candy bars and like we just, we just. It was that summer. That first summer I started smoking weed, I blew the fuck up. But it was the dude. It was so great. It was so I loved it so much, dude. I was straight edge. I was like, I was. It was a point of pride that I had never done a drug, and I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not into drugs. It's not cool. And then one day, me and my friends just decided that we were gonna go smoke weed. Me and my buddy Dave Green, my buddy James Meek, and we were like, we're just gonna do it. Let's just try it. We're about to graduate high school. Let's get stoned, and we were going to uh, see Snowcore, Snowcore 2000. It was System of a Down, Incubus, Puya, and Mr. Bungle. It was a, a big metal show. And System of a Down was like my favorite band at the time. And um, we ended up just getting super stoned in my elementary school parking lot. And then going to that concert that night and seeing like our favorite bands just high for the first time. It was just the perfect, like, dude, I laughed so fucking hard the first time I got high. And I just fell in love with it. I, it, like, it, it was just this thing. I was uh, connected with it. I just never stopped really smoking since then. There's been a couple times where I've taken breaks, but it was like fucking, I loved it. I well, really
0: loved it. I think it hits everybody different. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. It hits everybody's mind, everybody's body different. Some people it's just not for them, and I get it. yeah, but the fact that it's illegal just drives me crazy. It's yeah. so stupid. They're going wasn't didn't the Biden administration consider um, bring it down to uh, instead of a schedule one, they were talking about making it a schedule three.
2: How many states are is it legal in at this point? Cause I feel like it's legal almost everywhere I go.
0: It's legal most states now.
2: Yeah, like recreational.
0: I think it's like more than 30.
2: Jersey and New Uh, York are both recreationally legal. How many
0: states is it legal in now? I'm asking Jamie for multiple Googles
1: at the same (laughs) same time. Welcome
2: to being a podcast producer.
1: (laughs) 23 states include also DC, Guam and the Northern Mariana Islands. Nice. That's but recreational? That's, just,
0: that's uh, recreational. So that's 26 total for recreational. And then medicinal, how many for that? Because that shit's easy to get a card. <laughs> yeah. In California, they just can't wait to give you a card. I got
2: one in Jamaica because they, they, well, now it's recreational. I'm sorry? 40? Brings
0: it up to 40. 40, wow. Brings it up to 40. So 40 states where marijuana is at least in some form legal.
1: Yeah. And then in Jamaica- four more have it. Sorry, sorry. Four more have CBD also with a little mm-hmm. bit of THC. Like Texas has like that 0.3% thing you can do. Yeah.
2: That's most, most places have that, which is a, that's just another scam because that shit doesn't work. I got that in Italy last year and fucking just smoking. It was like I was smoking CBD joints. Really? Just yeah, it just did not didn't do the same thing. Interesting. But yeah, I uh, in Jamaica when I went, they made it. I've been to Jamaica like ten times. I love Jamaica. I'm trash. I'm a fucking trash. Jamaica great. It's the best. I love it. I go every year. <laughs> I really do. The
0: water's so gorgeous. Oh, it's man.
2: amazing. I I we, you know, we I do a family. We either bring. My company, my, my my podcast network, we have like 15 producers, so we rent a couple of villas on the beach and we just fucking party the whole time. Um, or I do it with my family, I'll pick one or the other. And um, they just made it legal I'd say maybe five years ago. Before that, you had to go buy it on the beach. You just find a guy, and it was it was like, no, you could get weed very easily, right. but it was really shitty, like dirt weed. But it was Jamaica, so it was just fucking ruled. You were just sm- it, d- it didn't matter that it wasn't good quality weed. You just smoked a big fat joint of it on the beach, and that was that. Um, but they made it legal, and first it was medicinally legal a few years ago, and they have a, a smoke shop that I went to, and they call a doctor. They just call some Jamaican dude. <laughs> And you get on the phone with him and it's like, hey, what's wrong with your man? What'd it be hurting? And I'm like, my head? He's like, you need weed. And then they just fucking put him (laughs) on the phone. So now I have a, a medicinal license in Jamaica. Anytime I go, I, I'm in the entire national. Amazing. Yeah, it rules. That's amazing. But now it's uh, recreationally <laughs> legal, so you don't have to do that anymore.
0: How could it not be recreationally yeah. legal in Jamaica?
2: But now the weed's great in Jamaica.
0: I'm sure. Dude, it's awesome. The this climate soon,
2: there is dude. perfect. And now you can get mushrooms at the the Woo, smoke shops. We had mushroom chocolates. It was
0: fucking fun. go Jamaica.
2: Dude the I best: like I love it. People make fun of me all the time for going to Jamaica, but I fucking love hey, it
0: man Anthony Bourdain loved that spot. yeah Jamaica's the shit. yeah, yeah. I just um love the fact that you can still like when when they took travel away and they were uh, limiting travel to people who were vaccinated in certain places, you had to be vaccinated. It was just like it's
2: it why I it got the made, vaccine.
0: It made you realize like how much that's important to just be able to go somewhere, how nice that is. It's, it's literally the somewhere.
2: only thing that I spend my money on. I, I take I take my son on a father son trip every year. We do a family trip. We nice. do a company trip. I do a romantic vacation with my girlfriend. <laughs> and I'm not rich by any means, but I have this whatever, dude. I just have this weird fear that I'm going to die when I'm young. And I think creating experiences with my family and my my son the most important thing. He'll That's never beautiful. lose. He'll never lose those experiences. I can get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow. And, you know, yes, I should save more money and I should be fucking more responsible with it. But I feel like I didn't have any of those. Like, dude, I, didn't, I went to the Jersey Shore a couple times when I was a kid. Like, I never went on vacation. And I think, like, yeah, dude, I just want him to have those fucking memories. That's that.
0: That's awesome. That's a beautiful perspective, man. Hmm. That's super healthy. Thanks. Awesome. Beautiful.
2: Nobody's ever called me healthy.
1: They did ask. That's the, healthy, dude. <laughs> that is healthy. What? They did ask for it to be rescheduled. It's the third part of the three step process he has to have happen first step was the uh federal expungement you know they let people out even though there wasn't many in federal prison yeah well that was the crazy thing
0: (laughs) we're gonna let out everybody who's in federal prison for pot nobody zero (laughs) people (laughs) (laughs) everybody was like what the fuck are you talking about
1: and the second is the state's are asked to do the same thing, but I don't, they're not being forced. I mean, to. if
0: you're in federal
2: prison for pot, it's because you're selling pounds and pounds of marijuana. Right. I, at one point, you have to
0: say, "Oh, you can't do that." Right. It's not for possession. You're he said not for uh, possession. Okay for possession. <laughs> okay, for possession. That didn't he say for possession? It does say for possession. Yeah. yeah you know, he said what if, if you're for selling, What if you're po- possessing no in federal prison? They'll yeah. get you for distribution. If you yeah. have fifty pounds of pot in your fucking warehouse, they're going to get you for distribution. You're not smoking fifty pounds yeah. of pot, bro. <laughs> you know, it's like. I, what do they allow you? They allow you like five grams. What, how many? Depends.
1: It's up to two ounces in some places.
2: Two ounces. I f- you could fly with up to an ounce.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a lot
2: of weed. Yeah, state to state. Oh. As long as it's legal in the states you're flying to and from. Wow. And I use, I've been flying with weed for years. Before, yeah. but With Ari Shafir, I was like, I was like, Why do you fly with weed? He was like, oh, yeah, you just take a bag. Uh, he was, uh, I was like, hey, tell me, you. Like, you take it, you put it in a bag. So you take that bag, you put it in your suitcase, and then you fly. I was like, "Oh, that's it." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, you just fly with it." And then I was like, "Really?" And then I read on like a Reddit thread that they did a like an AMA with a TSA employee, mm-hmm. and they were just talking about flying with weed. And if if they were like, "Oh, can you know what, what do you do if you catch somebody with weed?" They were like, "We've been instructed specifically to just throw it away." Um, they they can't hold up the entire fucking airport every time they find like a little bit of weed. Right. Um. So yeah, I've been. I used to just put it in a sock. Because the way it would show up on the 3D scanners is organic material, so it would be the same color as your socks. Mm. So I used to just put it in my sock. But uh, yeah, now I just fucking put it right in my suitcase. TSA pull it out, they look at it, they compliment the quality. <laughs>
0: <Ta-da>! Yeah, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, when, where were we in Nashville? Did Nashville have the fucking truck or was it New Orleans? It was Nashville, right? Where we, there was like weed trucks. Like, you know, you get a, like a taco truck. Yeah, yeah. There, there were weed They're trucks. all over New York.
2: Are they really? All over New York. And before, They drive
0: around, just park places, they, they ring the bell.
2: They got busted once because <laughs> the, the, as soon as they made it recreational legal, all these fucking Puerto Ricans were like, we're going to have weed trucks. <laughs> this wasn't part of the process of legalizing weed, but they were like, we're just going to do it. So they had like, one day the cops were just like, what, what are we doing about these weed trucks? And they busted like 16 trucks in uh. a day. <laughs> And they wow. like I don't even think they arrested the guys. They just literally confiscated everything and they held it as like evidence and like but I think all those guys made like a ton they it was like a smash and grab. They made a ton of money very quickly.
0: But if you could sell weed, why can't you sell weed out of a truck? You don't have because a license? They to operate a truck?
2: Not licensed. There it's right now in New York. I think there's like four or five legal weed dispensaries, but there's like 200 illegal weed dispensaries. But because it's falling into this gray area, I think the cops just don't really, they just sort of turn a blind eye. And it's, it's just sort of a waste of everyone's time. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I believe there's not that many, but every other corner there's a, a place where you can buy weed. Interesting.
0: Yeah, so they're probably not giving out those licenses. That's probably why. They yeah. probably don't want people just pulling over in trucks. The weed bodegas have no fear it's illegal to sell without a license. Not that this (laughs) hasn't stopped 1,500 stores and counting.
2: 1,500 stores. So here's what's gonna happen. What what does that
0: mean, it stopped 1,500 stores?
2: It has not. It has has
0: not not stopped. stopped 1,500.
2: So they're gonna just bust, one day, they're gonna just, whatever, the the law is just taking too long to move, right? So So people are just selling it. They're just selling it. But these stores are all just gonna be busted one day. They're gonna do a sweep and they're gonna confiscate everything.
0: Yeah, but why? That's the thing. It's like, why are you making it hard to get a license? Well,
2: it's expensive, probably.
0: Why are you making it so expensive to get a license? Maybe you would have more money if you charged a reasonable amount and you actually went and got it from these people mm-hmm. instead of these people operating. But then again, New York is like that. Like, there's a lot of people that are going to operate under the wire. And even if it was five dollars for a license, like fuck
2: you. Well, I buy it on the black market though because it's a lot cheaper. So if I buy if I buy dabs like you know you know some sort of a uh, distillate it's like 90 bucks a gram at a dispensary. Mm. Whereas
0: I get it for like 20 bucks a gram from my dude. Does, does your dude know who's growing it? No. This is where it gets weird. Uh, I had this guy on, John Norris, and he's a um, he was a game warden in California, and they started finding these grow-ops. Out in the uh, the forest land, you know, it's supposed to be public land, and they'd find cartel grow ops out there with like toxic chemicals and all mm. kinds of shit, and they're using crazy like pesticides and fertilizers, and like it's a, stuff that like no one else uses. Yeah, I forget, he details it. He's got this book called Hidden Wars, and so they became like a tactical unit. They had dogs and everything because wow. all of a sudden they're in like shootouts with cartel members in the forest. Yeah, it's wild. It's I, a wild book, but the point is like he said, ninety percent. Of all the illegal weed in the country, ninety percent of it is coming from these grow ops from the cartels. Mm. And he goes, and, and you could be getting shit with all kinds of like toxic stuff on it.
2: All right, Joe. Thanks. Another fear. I appreciate that. Well, it's like just unlocking fear after fear of me today.
0: Gas station sushi. You might be all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might be all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you might want that frozen burrito. Yeah, I mean
2: look, most of the time, now it, it always comes like packaged, like this is from a dude, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it's like...
0: Yeah, but where does that dude live? And like, how do you know it's from a dude? You don't think that the cartel can make labels in English? Oh
2: no, no, of course. No, I'm saying he probably gets it from the cartel, <laughs> but he packages it really nicely, so I think it's cool, you see? White gummies.
0: <laughs> it, it is pretty wild if that number's correct. It's like 90% of the, pla- in That's the places where weed is illegal. Mm. They're getting it from there.
2: Yeah. I, um, you don't, I, I, it's always like they, they do it, they're doing a thing as well where, like, now I know in certain places like California, they can't, they can't, like, package it in a way where, like, it looks like candy or yeah. they can't shape it in a certain way, right? But the right. thing with, like, um, Mike Tyson's gummies, yeah. He couldn't sell them in certain places because they were shaped like ears and you can't have them shaped as, like, characters or things in certain jurisdictions. Because people
0: would think it's candy. Yeah. 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 It's, That's a uh, fear of mine, too. It's like
2: my kid just finds oh, a fucking yeah. weed gummy one day and eats it. Like, yeah. what would you do? I would have to literally bribe baby, him to never tell his mother. <laughs>
0: babysit him until he comes down from him and say, what'd you learn? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we hear about kids like taking acid by accident sometimes. You're like, dude... That would fucking destroy a kid.
0: Dude, we were looking at like old um, uses of medicine. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, Peter Berg on from the, um, the, he's he's the guy who created that painkiller series Mm -hmm. on uh, Netflix. And we were talking about like, they used to give little kids heroin. Heroin was like medicine for for, like kids. They'd like rub it in babies' mouths. They'd rub morphine in their mouths. Yeah, cocaine too. Cocaine, they give people cocaine. Yeah, like just fucking... gumming a baby. Bro, they used to just give it to kids. Just, your kid won't shut the fuck up. Give it heroin. Yeah, dude. And your kids just lay in there in bed. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do, do, dum 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 dum. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. They gave people heroin when they were babies. That's wild. Yeah. But
2: uh, like an, a child wouldn't understand. What acid was like if they, if they, if they accidentally took acid, like a seven year old kid, a six year old kid, dude,
0: right? They would think they went insane.
2: They, I mean, what it wouldn't, it would be the scariest thing in the world for them. It would affect them for the rest of their life. There's no coming back from that.
0: Well, they could come back from it, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to, I mean, a massive disruption as you're growing up you're a kid and you're, you're, you're learning about life. Borderline a you, like
2: psychotic episode, from your perspective, yeah. you don't even understand what a drug is right, that, to no take you, there's happened. no frame of reference. Like the first time I did acid, I was scared, but I knew that I was about to be on a fucking journey. You know what I'm saying? That right. was the idea. Um, when you're a kid and it comes out of nowhere to you accidentally take it, and then it's just, you're just in
0: this state. Dude. Yeah. And then, you know, now you know that's possible. So, you're always going to have this anxiety that at one point in time you might slip back into it. That was the thing that I had always heard about acid, too, that scared me when I was a kid flashbacks. Yeah, flashbacks. They, they would tell you, they would tell you, bro, it's days in your fat. Yeah. The acid's days in your fat, man. Then one day you're just fucking driving down the road and the road becomes teardrops. <laughs> I'm like, why? Yeah, man, you have a flashback. People yeah, yeah. die that way. I was like, oh! It was like always the thing. Like, if you take acid, like, maybe you'll never come back.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I, t- I took so much acid one time. The most acid I ever took when I was 19 years old, maybe 18. Um, me and my buddy Dan Doherty, we got a, a medicine dropper, this fucking hippie kid, this fucking real big known hippie in my town. He was like, dude, I got acid. And when, when hallucinogens came to town in New York, where I was at, Rockland County, New York, when hallucinogens came around in the early 2000s, late 90s, you got them because they only came around once in a while. There'd be like a fucking hippie festival upstate and like people bring strips of acid down or they would have mushrooms. But it was so rare. So we, when you would hear about somebody having it, you, you'd fucking drive. We used to drive from Rockland County, which is right outside of New York City, we used to drive up to Albany because there was a guy that would get it up there and we would fucking pick it up when he had it and he had it like twice a year. Um, but this kid was like, dude, I have a, you know liquid acid in a eyedropper. We're like, we're like, oh, no way, dude, let's do it. He was like, $3 a hit, which was super cheap. And then my buddy Dan, I remember he did like two drops and I was like, "Oh, sweet, dude." He was like, "All right, let me do another one." And then he went and I know I did too. And then he was like, I'm "Going to do another one." and Then he went tsst, and squirted <gasps> it. And I went, "Holy shit, dude." I was like, "Well, I can't let you do that by yourself." And I went,
0: "Oh and my god."
2: It. We gave it back to the guy and he looked how much was left in it. He was like, "Dude." He was like, "Don't pay me." He was like, "You didn't get this from me." And then he just walked away from us. Wow. And then within 10 minutes, dude, 10, within 10. You know how it takes like 45 minutes to come on? Mhm. Ten minutes. I'm I'm talking about, on another planet, dude, another fucking planet. Just blah, blah, blah. within five minutes of that, I lose Dan. Dan's running down the street like a lunatic.
0: <laughs> when you say another planet? Like, what are you experiencing?
2: Um, just extreme. Like, um, I mean, uh, like, uh, I don't even remember most of the trip, but I, I remember I I saw a friend and they got in their car, and the lights from the car. It was like I was on a spaceship, dude. It was just like the music, and I mean, it was just ex- like the hardest I've ever tripped by far, and it's everything, like the visuals, the sounds, the feeling. But such intense, such an intense trip, like scary. It started becoming really scary. Started going down the road where, you know, everything is everything. Like I sort of, that was my conclusion was like that life is death and death is life. And you know, sound is the same thing as a fucking table. Right. Just being a fucking lunatic. And um, I remember like starting to think it kept on coming into my head to kill myself because I wanted, as an experience that I can only experience once. It was like just really scary fucking thoughts. And I tripped for two full days, 48 hours straight, didn't sleep, just kept on tripping. Then I finally fell asleep and then the next morning I woke up and it was like, I had taken a hit of acid the next morning, but it was normal enough that I was like, so really for like three days I
0: tripped. And when you were tripping, what did the world look like? Um, there was just like the world,
2: I mean, it's a great question. It's a really great question. I'm trying to remember what my perspective was and how the world looked. I remember being at a Dunkin Donuts and just sitting there at the table and just fucking thinking about numbers a lot and just fucking numbers. Yeah, and everything was just fucking brighter. It wasn't dude, it wasn't pleasurable at all. It wasn't like Why were you thinking about numbers? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I was just the numbers were just like coming into my head and I was just repeating like fake math equations that I that weren't real. How do you know they weren't? Maybe they were real. What I know we you wrote going. those
0: bitches <laughs> down. What if you wrote those badges down and someone like Eric my Weinstein would look shit. at them and go, "Hold, what are you doing here? Where did you learn this?" Oh my god, this is the solution. And they run over to one of those fucking Goodwill hunting chalkboards. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it all out. Imagine, bro. Imagine if that's what ideas are when you're tripping. What if you? What if you're catching like an alien life form in in the in the it, it comes in the form of an idea. Hmm. I've thought about this a lot. I know it's a stupid premise, but everything that people have made ever has come from ideas. And everything that people are making, including artificial intelligence, including robots, all that shit, spaceships, came from ideas. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's a thing, you know? And, then, and, and people love to do that. They yeah. fucking love to do that. It just... I just feels like where this is going it's so clear that we're making robots that are going to take over. Right. Like, how clear is it when you see ChatGPT when you see it answer questions and shit? Well, ChatGPT now has the IQ of 155. You know, but a ChatGPT five is going to have an IQ of a thousand or what? What is yeah. ChatGPT five's IQ? It's going to be something ridiculous. Yeah. Where well, now it's going to start manipulating? Us oh, it's it's all for funsies. <laughs> I...
2: I, I, I would like to think that that is just like a crazy conspiracy theory, but people who really know
0: yeah.
2: that like really are in the know are like, no, 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 this is going to happen.
0: <laughs> it's on its way, kids. You're going to have a robot overlord. Yeah. <laughs> gonna, why would we have a human president? Look at yeah. the last human president we had. He's getting tripped by ghosts. Yeah. We need a robot overlord. What if, you know, I'll tell you what this if much, the election robot runs will... chaos, right? Chaos. There's the fucking, the, the Biden camp claims that they won, the Trump camp, camp claims that they won, and there's fucking holdouts in the Senate, and there's fucking chaos in the streets, and rocks are flying. And at the same time, artificial intelligence reaches a solution. That instead of human beings with their fragile emotions and egos, why don't we govern with logic and intelligence based on all the known facts, yeah. in, a, in a way that's beneficial to everyone, both robots and people. Let us run things. (laughs) Relax. (laughs) We can stop all the wars. We can stop all nuclear bombs from ever being deployed. Yeah. We also can go and disarm all these countries.
2: Or we can can arm every nuke right now and fucking point it at all the humans. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big fear, right, is that they'd fucking...
0: No. The big fear is it would be really simple to kill off the human race. All they would have to do ethically is stop us from having babies. Yeah. That's it. So poison the food supply, give them microplastics so their dicks shrink and the, the the females have more miscarriages, and then slowly get them to this weakened state where they don't have any hormones, yeah. where
2: there are no men, there are no
0: women. Yes, there's exactly. just a, a lot of they them's, just a whole blobs.
2: society of people that don't. That's another you hear yes. like women like they they flex about not like having kids. That's yeah. a big thing that happens on like TikTok and the internet.
0: If the robots did that. We would just never have kids, and that would be it. Yeah. We would die off. We would die off in a couple hundred years. It, would be, it wouldn't take long at all. No, not even a couple hundred years. We, like, a hundred years. Well, there would be people that were still alive that probably had kids, and those kids had to die. It wouldn't be as simple as everybody who's alive. It would be, you, you, like, if they're going to do that, what they're going to do is they're going to make all the kids sterile they're going to give you enough of these micro if I'm just say if I'm plotting from artificial intelligence right i'm going <laughs> to use all these contaminants i'm going to make them readily available and cheaper than natural uses like things like pesticides and herbicides and shit like that these fucking things that get into the water and ruin everything I mean, make sure that these people figure that out. Make sure that that's cheaper. So if it's cheaper, they're gonna use that. And so that'll fuck them up. And then make sure they start using plastic for things. That'll fuck them up. And then slowly but surely, as it becomes alive and sentient, you deal with this like d- just, d- just demoralized version of the human species, yeah. just this weakened state sedentary, staring at screens all day, version of the human species, which is way easier to just take over in a a wave. And then those people never have kids, no one else has kids, and within 150 years or so, no more people.
2: That's it. We're gone, we're dead, and then the robots are here. No more people. it's probably a better society.
0: If population collapse, doesn't, it doesn't scare people because everybody's worried about population increase. Everyone's worried about overpopulation, which they should be. If you go to a place that's overpopulated, it looks like it sucks. Yeah. But population collapse is real, too. It can yeah. happen. It's kind of happening in Japan, I believe. I think it's, it's happening in different parts of the world where they're really concerned. Because uh, young people aren't having kids in a, in a way that could like, replicate society yeah. right now with older people.
2: Yeah, it's it's a, you hear a lot more young people talking about not wanting to have kids, and it's the fucking greatest thing ever. (laughs) It's the best thing you'll ever experience in the fucking world. Um, So I just, I mean, I'm I'm not even hating on somebody who doesn't have kids. I get like, you know, but to not have kids and to be like, like, yeah, I'm proud, I have my freedom. Like, dude, your freedom is, it just doesn't compare to watching my kid win a jiu-jitsu tournament does not compare to the freedom to go to the movies by myself or get drunk on a Wednesday night. period it's just there's there's nothing comparison so
0: yeah it's one of those things that unless you experience it it just always sounds like you're preaching to people yeah it's weird i mean i remember when um friends of mine when i was younger would uh think about having kids and everybody's like wow if you think one day you're gonna have kids and then it's like then you think like oh then your life is kind of like now you're like saddled down and it's boring. Yeah, and you're just oh, you're just a guy with kids. Like what people don't understand is like when people go home to their kids a lot of times because they prefer being with their kids. Yeah, their it's kids, actually fun. It's awesome. It's, it's fucking really fun, it's dude. Fun.
2: They look up to you. Yeah, well, it's like
0: it's like it's they're cool too. Yeah. And, you, and if you raise them cool and you're cool, they're nice people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be around nice people that you love dearly. Yeah, the, yeah,
2: and the the idea of like it. You know, because I was probably one of those people who'd be like, all right, yeah, you have a kid, life becomes boring, you, you know, it's just yeah. a different. Oh, I thought that when I was a kid. Life too. becomes different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In a very different way. Before you have kids, it's not like, oh my God, like, just go do it. Not a 20 year old kid shouldn't be in a kid. Go experience life a little bit, you know? Right. Um, but I, I think that, you know,
0: I think we're about 30. I think 30 is a good age to have a kid. Um,
2: get- you're more
0: in, in line with if, when you have children. You're more concerned about the future. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. You're more like there's a lot of like people that are, like anarchist mindset like fuck it all, man. Burn it to the ground. Fuck this yeah. country. <laughs> Once you have kids like, oh, you got to protect your kids. Like, yeah. You- <sighs> Slow down. It's one of a fucking war. Hey, <laughs> settle down. Is there a way to peacefully solve this? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I fucking, um, yeah, that was it. That was like the biggest thing for me. It was like, it just changed life in a way where, um, it just became very different. You care about something more than you realize you have the capacity to care for, you know, that's the thing that really like, and then that's scary. Right, so, all the shit that we're talking about being afraid of, I wasn't afraid of really any of these things. Like, I wasn't really a mat. Like, you know, I, I was always a little bit of a hypochondriac, but like now I have like a fear, like, dude, if I get fucking cancer, I'm going to like leave Don't my put kid. put that,
0: you keep saying that. Don't put that in your head so I much. know, I'll knock on some wood. Chappelle said almost exactly the same thing. He said it, it It didn't just change the amount of love in his life. He said it changed his capacity for love, yeah. having kids. I thought that was beautiful. It's yeah. A beautiful way to describe it. That is a
2: great way to describe it. And yeah, it's just like, you know, uh, you, you, you have this fear that everything bad could happen to him. You want, like, dude, I don't want him to get bullied. I don't want him, I don't want him to have a bad day at school, you know? Right. And, that's, and then you have this anxiety that you walk around with. So that's the, the thing that's, that's the hardest part about being a parent right there. That's it. When you talk about what's hard, all the other shit is kind of easy. It's just that fucking anxiety that yeah. the world's not going to be perfect for him.
0: Yeah, that, that it's going to be dangerous for him. You don't want it to be perfect, right? You want mistakes. No, you're that's right. how a person learns, but you want a safe world. You, you, know, want to, you
2: want to you want to be teams. challenged because that makes him a stronger person. You want yeah. ch- real life challenges to be in. and by the way, he won the the gold medal, which was such a great experience. But he also lost the the nogi. He uh, his his last match. So he only got uh, silver and nogi, and that um, was a great experience too. Him losing yeah. was such a great experience because sure. he saw it wasn't the fucking end of the world. Right. It's just who cares, right? right? You he he saw high and a low, and I thought that experience was almost as valuable. Um, but. Yeah, yeah, it's just a fucking real, like, you got to be prepared for that, I think. Yeah. You win or you learn,
0: and that's uh, an important lesson for kids. Hmm. It's good to lose. It really is. It's good to bomb on stage, too. Gets you your fucking shit together. Every time I ever bombed, I I always had, like, a way better set afterwards. Like, improved. I had, like, a leap in improvement where I just, like, tightened up all the shit that I was, like, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough, Mm -hmm. maybe I wasn't... Going over my notes enough, maybe I wasn't writing enough. Whatever the fuck I wasn't doing, don't do that anymore.
2: Yeah, figure it out, stupid. Yeah, you, yeah, you need those losses. You need to. It just sort of shapes who you are. But dude, I'll tell you right now, like I, I really wanted him to win because, like, not obviously you want to see your kid win, but it's like we put in so much work up to it, right? Like leading up to it, and if the lesson was that the work didn't pay off, it's just now it's another uphill battle. Like I feel like him winning, and it just it's setting him up to like want to be a winner now he's like oh shit I want that feeling right there right it felt way better to win than it felt to lose and I, I feel like you know he. I'm, I'm glad that the kids that he went up against at, they were at a similar level because if they put him against some fucking wrestling stud like they did in Nogi he would have gotten fucking his ass kicked
0: <laughs> yeah that's a problem yeah dude wrestling studs yeah. yeah that's always gonna be a problem those guys are fucking freaks
2: yeah little kids that just fucking yeah little kids jacked already
0: throwing bodies around since they were tiny yeah, yeah
2: no catching up (laughs) it's not happening
0: yeah it's real hard to catch up. yeah he's 10
2: now it's like yeah james good luck
0: (laughs) the only guy who i know ever caught up in mma was george st pierre george st pierre didn't have a background in wrestling at all he was a kyokushin karate guy
2: freak athlete (laughs) yeah he started like doing like gymnastics and shit at the end to like condition his body and Mm -hmm. that's like
0: i mean he and he was literally the best he was so smart doing that his like approach to training was so smart so interesting that he did that but if you make sense if you watch those fucking gymnasts who looks more jacked than those guys yeah especially those dudes on the rings like what the fuck man yeah that's like literally the perfect physique yeah i can't dude fucking i can't do any of that shit like, that's a lot i can I the can... rings is a lot like iron crosses and shit what the fuck man yeah that's a crazy amount of physical upper body strength and if you could do shit like that it would make for sure make uh, wrestling and jujitsu better so For sure. I just want to do one muscle-up one day. Yeah. Just one. Can you do that, Joe? you do muscle-ups? Yeah. You son of a bitch. Yeah, you just swing your leg forward. You got to know how to do it right, too. Yeah. You, you, you get to the top, and you swing your leg forward, and then as your leg comes up, you press up. Yeah. And down. Oh, that's it? All right. Yeah. You don't try to do it from a dead hang, although some people can. Like, Hector Lombard can do it from a fucking dead hang. Yeah. He's just a freaking athlete. And he just does like that. Fucking yeah. you fucking? Lose? I'm Hector Lombard, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, if you, but, I need
2: to fucking. Uh, I I I'm getting back in shape now, and I just fucking. Yeah, you know, I mean, I really. I just want to be able to do shit like that. But I'm so I'm doing a lot of boxing right now. I'm boxing another comedian. Um, uh, a couple months from now, and um, so I'm not lifting any weights at all. So I'm just doing like tons and tons of cardio. So I just, I fucking look like a fucking soft piece of shit right now.
0: You should do some physical exercise just to protect your joints. Yeah. Especially you're doing a lot of boxing. I I always recommend like some shoulder mobility exercises. Just like, even if you're only doing it once or twice a week, that can make a big difference in like maintaining muscle. Mm -hmm. You know, you always, you're better off having some strength in your joints, you know, especially when you're throwing punches. Yeah. It's like, you want to kind of keep everything... Strong, you know, like if you have weak joints, it's, it could be very dangerous. Many guys have fucked their shoulders up boxing Yeah, Just miss a punch catch a punch on an elbow blow something out, yeah. you know, it happens all the time
2: Yeah, no, I know I'm too old to be doing this shit But I can't motivate <laughs> to get in shape unless I'm fighting one of my friends. That's hilarious, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I I really I really what I need some sort of like peripheral goal, mm. you know, where where the being in shape is like almost a side benefit of it because just being in shape, you know, I'm in a relationship, I'm older, I'm a dad, I, it's just, it's not enough of a motivation, right. you know? Um, Well,
0: that's where jiu-jitsu comes in right? Yeah, because it's fun and you get you're getting in shape while you're doing something That's fun, and it's interesting like you're you're learning new things like oh if you put your foot there Boom the guy just goes over wow And then you try it in live training and it happens like wow now. I have a new technique in my arsenal This is incredible and then you drill it with your friends You practice on each other I mean that is so huge about that sport because it's so multifaceted and literally, the more you know, the better you are at it. It's, like, not that much dependent on physical strength. Yeah, like Physical strength is only one aspect of it. There's people that are way weaker than me, that are way better than me.
2: Well, there's also, like, it's it's so customizable for body types, yes. your mentality. Like, it yes. just, there's just, you know... There's certain things that my body type it just doesn't work for, right? And you adapt, mm-hmm. you know, to whatever it is, and you can get really good, even if you're not a super athletic dude. You just see, it. there's like a, just a like a real fucking skinny dweeby guy, and he's a fucking brown belt, and he's like, oh no, this guy'll choke the fuck out of choke anybody in here. Choke the fuck
0: out of you, yeah. Um, it's and, like 140 pound guys will just kill you. Oh my
2: god, oh <laughs> we'll fucking de- destroy <laughs> it's you. It's so
0: demoralizing, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, but that's the reality of this sport. Yeah, it's, it's and I think it's beautiful because it's the only martial art that. Uh, does as advertised because martial arts the, the whole idea is like if you were Bruce Lee like when I was a kid Bruce Lee was the Fucking man. Mm. I remember I saw a Bruce Lee movie and I was a little kid I was over at my friend's house and it was on television. I couldn't believe it. Like look at this guy Yeah, like I wanted to get nunchucks. I want to do it But the reality of like a bunch of people rushing you like now this one comes at you now that guy goes no in the real world people just fucking pile <laughs> on top of you and no one can really, if they're a smaller person, you're probably in a lot of trouble if someone's bigger and stronger than you in like a, a wild fist to cuffs situation. But in jujitsu, the smaller person really can defeat the larger unskilled person all the time. Every time. Every time. Every time. That's not the case. Yeah, in, you, like, unless
2: you, We said it before. If it's a freak athlete, you get a right. big professional football player, Right. Right. I mean, you got to be you know, this guy. This little right. guy better be real good, right? Real good. But yeah, but like you know, like every time you know, uh, I, re- I was reading some book and it was just like they were just talking about like if you get to your blue belt, you can literally with your hands murder. Like 90% of the people you encounter in life.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Like, somewhere around there.
2: Yeah, like just, and that's like, you know, not that you want to murder people, but I'm saying like you like defend to the death, dude. And when you talk about martial arts, like, like jujitsu is like, you can choke somebody to death, you can break their fucking limbs. Like, it is pretty hardcore when you really, to its fullest, like when it's not res- respectful and you're tapping, and if it's yeah. used for what it was initially used for, I
0: mean, it's a really brutal martial art. And here's what's important. You use it exactly the same way in training yep. as you do on the street. So the problem with striking martial arts were, if you were sparring, particularly if you're sparring with your friends, you always pulled back, like you never tried to knock your friends out. You always like at least something pulled back. In jujitsu, you go full blast. Yeah. So you're going full blast together. And you're constantly used to someone going full blast. So if you're on the street and all of a sudden there's some fucking altercation and you're clinching with a guy, it's automatic,
2: instinctual. That's automatic. it. Automatic. And you're going I'm against tripped. usually a guy that is either your level or better than you, right. which is like uh uh. It's just the way it's like designed. Like you're just really designed, iron sharpens iron, and you're going with guys that it's it's built it's like comedy it really is because you, 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 you can't fake it you can't fake it you have to have the stage time you have to have the reps yep. you have to have the mat time and that's yep. a, the big parallel between those two and I think that's why a lot of comedians do jujitsu and they can get into that mentality um, is it's that right there it's
0: also great it kills anxiety yeah it kills anxiety yeah if you get good at jujitsu like first of all your physical worry about taking care of yourself diminishes somewhat yeah because you're you're like oh I'm like more confident with people than I ever thought I was before because I'm not really worried about people beat me up yeah Right. And then on top of that, you're training a lot so that you're always like just fucking squeezing those demons out. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, it's like that's what's holding them. But their body is like this overflowing battery Mm. of anxiety and energy that's not being met and fucking needs that aren't being fed and shitty food. And they're just like. (laughs) And if you could get those fucking people to get out of that and start training something healthy. You know, and in jiu-jitsu, the beautiful thing about it is it's fun to do. Yeah. So you look forward to doing it. You it's, look forward to working out. It's
2: all interconnected, and working out is very similar to it. I think jiu-jitsu is easier to get for me to get motivated with. Um, but it really is—you spend your time, you know, thinking. We're talking so much about like being on our phones, right? It's like when you're working out, you you have to ignore your phone. There's no fucking looking at your cell phone when you're when you're training, right? Right. And you have a just a little bit of time each day where you're thinking about yourself. Whether it's even just being in the moment and doing jujitsu and trying to get better, but you're just genuinely trying to better yourself. Yeah. All bullshit aside, you're there to better yourself physically, mentally. That is a really healthy thing that people should be doing. You know. In some capacity, every day they should be putting the bullshit away mm-hmm. and just either th- it's it's almost like meditative. Like your mind sometimes goes blank, and you're like, "I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm finally not thinking about like my stresses for yeah. like one minute." I would imagine like dirtbag riding is like that. Yeah, get on a fucking bike. Running is like that for rent- me. Yeah, to running. a certain degree.
0: Yeah, running just got much for my knees, man. I've just had too many knee injuries.
2: So I'm running now, and I have the meniscus tears. But my yeah. doctor, my doctor Does it bother was like,
0: you? "Not really, not." I wear yeah.
2: knee braces. The running is fine. I'm, I don't run. I fucking jog. Dog, like right. an old man uh, um,
0: you do land on the balls of your feet oh uh, yeah 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 i i, I That run. takes a little adjusting too, right when you when you had like running shoes back in the day, I always ran on the heels. I thought that's what they were for. I thought that's why that uh, they changed the the human gait
2: when I started running, i just uh, it was when I started working out, I started running every day so I, I, I initially, the first time I started working out, I just started doing push ups every day and then running, right, and I was like, I can do this, let me start working out. And then I, you know, started cutting carbs, and then I lost weight very quickly. It was the first time my body was ever like adjusting to working out and going on a mm-hmm. diet. so It was extreme. Like I lost a lot of weight very, very quickly. I got very motivated. I got a job in a gym. I was selling, you know, high-end gym memberships for a few years. Um, and uh, but I, when I started running, I was wearing, like, I want to say, like, airwalks or some like shitty skateboarding shoe. And dude, I, I my first few months, I just ran, and my feet were just in extreme pain. Like the, like oh my god, dude! It was it was wild how bad my feet are, and I was just like, oh yeah,
0: dude. Oh, you getting plantar fasciitis? I Is think that that's what in? was going
2: on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just got running shoes, and I was like, oh, okay, no, that's that's not it at all. So, and then I started <laughs> looking up running form. I went to like one of those stores where they they told you to how to run, and so I think I have pretty decent, you know, running form. I run like three miles a day.
0: Do you run on the street? or Do you run on a trail?
2: I run on the street. I run on the street in Jersey. I ran in, in Austin twice.
0: That seems like a lot of, like, impact yeah. on your knees. And I'm heavy,
2: too. I'm, like, two, 2.05 now.
0: Yeah, hmm.
2: I know, it's probably not the best for my knees, but it's literally the only thing that really helps me, like, cut That's fat. why
0: those, like, f- um, th- thick-ass, running, cushy shoes make sense. People yeah. that run on streets. That makes sense there. You wouldn't want to be barefoot running on the street.
2: I just like running outside, dude. You sort of get into it. I can run on a treadmill. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit more. I'm watching a clock, uh-huh. which I'm, I'm just staring at that clock, which I think is not good. I like to turn All on right. some music, just sort of get in my head, think about what's go, ever going on in my life, and and just try to
0: work out some shit and just fucking go. I do uh, most of my cardio lately. I've been doing on um, this. Uh, you know what an echo bike is? It's like an aerosol bike. Mm-mm. Um, it's one of those things you go Oh yeah, you know yeah. That thing? So they I
2: create too much wind, I get cold because I sweat yeah. a lot,
0: so I'm like fuck it I feel like just this draft on
2: me the whole time that I hate
0: Rogue actually uh, invented a thing that fits over the fan Oh really, yeah? So that it doesn't blow, blow out, so it, annoying. it just blows forward yeah. yeah, so it's good, but I just watch fights Watch fights and do Tabata sprints So it's yeah. 20 second sprint, 10 second rest 20 second sprint, 10 second rest That's the oh, shit, yeah. that thing's the shit, that thing's hell yeah, that, that's that's hard to use, dude. It's like one of it's those. So what is helped. that thing? Like the fucking yeah, um, yeah. It's like a it's like a rowing machine, but it's, it's standing up. Yeah, you know, standing up. And yeah. You just pull it down. Oh, that thing yeah. sucks, dude. I never. Talk, I have one of those. I never use it. No. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with one that.
2: One of those. Uh, the, what are the it Jacob's ladder though. thing? Where it's yeah. like a ladder that you climb up. That thing's hard as hell to those use. Those are really good. Those are really good. Yeah, because it works your core the whole time. You're doing bear crawls mm-hmm. uphill. Yeah. Fuck that. Use it or lose it, bro. <clears throat> use it or lose it. I know. I wish I had that motivation.
0: Well, for me, it's a mental health thing, as much as it is anything. I, I, I don't feel good. I know me. I don't feel good if I don't work out.
2: Do you need to go deep when you work out? Like, do you need to go like, cause I see you post videos or you know pictures of you like just
0: covered in fucking
2: sweat. I sweat like that if I just walk around a little bit. <laughs> but like, do you need to go that like hard in order to sort of get the mental
0: side out of it? Do you need to bring yourself to a certain place? Cause I like a nice, easy workout. <laughs> yeah, I don't do many of those those nice, easy ones. I do long ones because uh, um, when I do kettlebells, uh, generally I subscribe to the idea that more reps over a longer period of time is better than less reps over a shorter period of time if you're just trying to get strength and not uh, muscle endurance. So I follow this guy, Pavel Tatsalin, who's like the godfather of kettlebells in America. He brought kettlebells over. He started teaching people kettlebells in America. And what he says is like, you don't, you, you don't go to failure. Like say if you have uh, a weight that you can clean and press and you can do it 10 times. Don't do it 10 times, do it five and put it down. Put it down for five minutes, then do it five again. Now you have five clean reps. They're perfect clean. So you did 10 reps, but you did them all like you're learning something. Mm. And he said strength is a skill and you don't want to do a skill when you're tired. And when you're learning how to control large heavy weights, you shouldn't get it to the point where your muscles are failing. And so he's like, his philosophy, and this is a, a Russian sport philosophy, they, they, and they had some fucking geniuses over there training their athletes. They, they figured out that if you just get the same reps, like say instead of doing two sets of 10, you're better off doing four sets of five because every rep will be perfect.
2: And so just the form. The full, full range of motion probably is a big, a big part not of it. And
0: you're not going to get a sore. And your body is not going to get this lactic acid buildup. This, this, you're not going to break form. Mm. You know, Like when you're really, be, you're fucking, uh, your muscles are broken down. Yeah. Like you're breaking form. Like yeah. you're cheating a little. Of course. If you're doing curls. You're leaning back. You know, his idea is do the same amount of reps, but have longer breaks in between the sets and do it over a longer period of time and every rep is perfect. Yeah. I,
2: yeah, that's probably right. I mean, I when I typically when I work out, I try to superset everything. I try cuz I try to I try to get cardio in at the same time, right? Yeah. So I'll go in, I'll warm up, do a little bit of cardio, but then I'm just trying to bang 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 fucking drop sets, go to mm-hmm. failure, go to failure again, just sweating yeah. like I hear you. but that's just like the way that I learned. That's like an old school way. And also I kind of like lifting old school. Like when I'm mm-hmm. lifting weights, I like going to the gym and doing just the normal shit, right? Yeah. It's a bench press, curls, mm-hmm. squats, just, the, just the, the basics and just throwing a decent amount of weight on. Like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not that strong. Dude, I, I lifted with Burt Kreischer? Burt is fucking strong. He's dude. a house. Holy shit, dude. We we lifted at some you know college football fucking thing that he brought me to with a bunch of famous people and football players. I have no idea who was there or what I was doing there. And Burke Kreischer is a fucking tank dude. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how much he lifted. He, it was it was, well, yeah, it was wait, what
0: exercise were you guys doing?
2: We were benching. Yeah, he was doing he did I think uh, two plates on each side, but he did like I want to say fifteen reps. Really? Like it was nothing. It was fucking crazy. We had
0: a sober October here once and we all got hammered and we went out to lift weights and none of them could even do two twenty five. Oh really? So the fact that he goes from two twenty five then to be able to do it fifteen. Oh yeah, times at, now, least 10. So at least with ten with these. Ten times. Yeah. Ten times yeah. it, with ease. That's impressive.
2: Yeah, it, I was like, he was fucking. Dude, he was hitting
0: baseballs and he was just fucking cracking them, dude. Yeah, if he wasn't an alcoholic, an alcoholic. <laughs> he would be a fucking serious athlete. <laughs> That's probably up. what's kept him so healthy this whole time while he's boozing it up a boozing up a storm. Two twenty five, ten times. Yeah, dude. Here it is.
2: It was wild. Yeah, this is it.
0: One. That's crazy because he couldn't do it at all before. Three, four. Yeah, five, good form all the way down. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He could have done two more he with a spot. He could have got 11. I think he could have done 11. Yeah,
2: the, the, look the at cool.
0: that. Beautiful.
2: Yeah. He, he's awesome, dude. He's also oh, he's the, off the sauce. He's off
0: the sauce. He's been smoking the weed.
2: He's not drinking now? No. Really? Yeah. Good for him. I know he's on a diet right Allegedly. now. Allegedly. Okay. For another
0: week. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping for him, though. He, he called me and said it was two months. That's awesome. And he said he's loving it. And he's it's a, like great for his comedy. He's coming up with new bits. And-
2: great guy. Great guy. He's he brought the me on the, uh, his tour, Fully Loaded. He's a fucking sweetheart. And it was just such a cool experience. I, you know, I'm a fucking, I'm a dirty scumbag. Nobody puts me on big shows, like, in front of 15,000 people. Like, that was fucking really cool. What a cool experience. Yeah, Bert's, Bert's the man.
0: He's a really good guy. He is a good guy. He's the best. He's a sweetheart. I mean, that's why he's doing so well. It's because he's easy to love. Yeah. You know? That's a genuinely fun guy. Yeah, and that's really him. That's him when the cameras are on. That's him when the cameras are off. When we're hanging out, his shirt's off. He's fucking yeah. drunk. He's <laughs> got a red plastic cup. Yeah, filled with some questionable liquid in there. Yeah, he's a man. So anyway, should we end it? That's good it's a good, sure. good fucking podcast it's it a good awesome. way to cap it off that was a lot of fun brother I had a fucking blast thank dude. you um, tell everybody where they could digest Legion of Skanks uh, where your website is so I have
2: a new special that actually comes out or it's going to be out when this comes out This is, it's already out on my YouTube channel youtube.com slash lewis J. Gomez comedy 30 minutes with Louis J. Gomez it's uh, my company Gas Digital which is our podcast network where you can find Legion of Skanks we produce six uh, specials it was me Dave Smith Kurt Metzger Colin Turrell Jordan Jensen and the great legendary Rich Voss. So they're all coming out weekly on everyone's YouTube channels. So yeah, go watch that if you think I'm funny.
0: Beautiful. I'm glad you did that, man. That's that's fucking fantastic. And I, I love the fact that you've created your own thing. You know, that you, you have your own website, your own little network. You got everything going on yourself. You're independent. It's beautiful. I appreciate
2: it. I appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, we, we have a great festival, Skankfest Fest, coming up. It's um, the best
0: festival in all of comedy.
2: I, I appreciate that, John. And it really means a lot coming from you. You it know is. that. It's um, crazy.
0: Every time I see it, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, these guys are out of it's
2: out a of It's a wild minds. time. And it's coming up right at the end of September. Shout out to our sponsors, Yoke Kratom, who are just right. the best.
0: All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye.